0: So everyone has a purpose and everyone needs a purpose. The most important question we all have to answer as people is why am I here? And most of us don't ever answer it.
1: All right, all right, all right. Thank you so much for tuning to the podcast. I want to thank everyone for listening to Back to Your Story, a podcast about real people and real stories. Today we had on the legendary Mikey Taylor If you guys don't know who he is, well, check him out. Google his ass. Uh, But he is one iconic professional skateboarder and a legendary entrepreneur. Um, He was one heck of a human being just all around. If you guys want to maybe watch this instead of listen to it, definitely head over to our YouTube channel. That is youtube.com backslash back to your story. Without further ado, here is the story of Mikey Taylor. From the land of mystery, where dreams become reality, always listening to stories from the past, the present, and the future, this is Back to Your Story. That sounds nice, right? All right.
0: Oh, you have a nice <laughs> podcast voice. <laughs> <laughs> right? shaka. Yeah. Shaka,
1: shaka. I knew you were a good interviewer, <laughs> Thank but the you. voice is nice. Thank you so very much. All right, man. I really appreciate uh, you for coming on the show. I mean... Dude, I'm stoked to be here. It's, it's really freaking cool you know, this whole experience, right? Uh, the podcast, getting to meet so many different amazing individuals. And, you know, I've been following you for quite some time and I didn't even think that you would actually, uh, you know, get back in touch with me. I'm um, just being honest, right? You know, True. I reach out to a whole bunch of, you know, people that, you know, I would love to talk to, sit down and have a conversation. Yeah. And uh, you got back to me. You got back to me right away, man. And uh, and, and that just means a lot to me. I mean, you you, you showed up early, you were ready, you have a good Attitude, and you're doing this for nothing, man. But you're doing it to spread the love, and uh, and and I truly appreciate that.
0: It, you know what? I'm going to say this very selfishly. I already know we're going to have a good time. It's a Great moment for me as well. <laughs> That's right.
1: <laughs> oh shit, son. All right, all right, all right. So for the people tuning in, uh, just listening right now, uh, why don't you give a can you give a little brief introduction?
0: Yeah, brief introduction. My name is Mikey Taylor. Uh, I. Started as a pro skateboarder. I picked up a skateboard when I was thirteen. Uh, I fell in love with it. I didn't want it to end, so I tried to prolong that into uh, a, a career. I yeah. convinced companies to start giving me free product, and that that led to them giving me money eventually, which was awesome. And then I hit a point where I realized, you know, this is my dream, except my dream is going to be very short lived. Yeah. And I was really fearful of what my life was going to look like post skateboarding. And so in a, you know, an effort to not have the rest of my life be miserable, uh, I tried to start companies and tried to prolong what I did in this moment and take that to the next stage of life. And uh, that kind of was the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey. And so now I'm, you know, post skateboard career about four and a half years out. uh, I'm on my, oh gosh, I'm on my eighth or ninth company now
1: damn son and
0: i'm like full business now like i don't i know skateboarding is just for fun uh i don't do it as much as i want but uh yeah i'm i'm a retired pro skateboarder now entrepreneur
1: you know when those words come out and when you say them i'm a retired pro skateboarder uh turned entrepreneur what does that mean to you like it just even hearing it.
0: it it still feels weird it still sounds weird like you know, like there's certain points in your life where you like, you f- forever feel like that moment. Like, yeah. you know, a lot of times I've always feel like I'm 18 still. Yes. And yes. like, I have this vision that like, I'm always just a skater and then I'm a- just a pro skateboarder. So just like even saying I skate once every two weeks hurts. It doesn't yeah. sound right. Cause I went yeah. from skating every single day of my life, you know? Yeah. And then to be like, yeah, I'm a retired pro skateboarder. <laughs> I'm like, how old am I?
1: <laughs> uh, it's so yes. true, right? Yeah. It's so true.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it feels weird. Uh, But dude, it is what it is. It's, it's, you know, this is the natural evolution of, of my life. I went from one thing, I'm going to go to the next, I'm going to go to the next, I'm going to go to the
1: next. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's, progression man it's, right. it's evolution it's continually pushing through and and reaching these levels mm. you know at, at times in life and i know everyone goes through this it's like you're you're in this dark fucking tunnel and you can't see the end of it and you can't see that light and then eventually if you continue to push and you continue to push you see that light and then you get through that light and then all of a sudden you realize you're in another tunnel and then it, and that's how life is but that's what it's supposed to be about it's about continually pushing through and pushing yourself right. right um that's right you know, for for you, Mikey, where did you where did it all start? Where did you grow up, man?
0: Oh, I grew up uh, right outside of the valley in a, a city called Agora. Yes, and that's when I picked up a skateboard for the first time. Uh, my parents ended up moving to a city called Newberry Park, uh, and that is actually what changed my skateboarding future. And the reason I say that is in Agora, in Agora when I was skating, it was just like a bunch of friends with skateboards. And, you know, we would get videos and watch the pros and the movies. And when I moved to Newbury Park, there just happened to be this skate scene there. And it was the first time I saw basically people doing the tricks that the pros are doing. Yeah. And then I met guys that were actually sponsored. And then I met guys that were like in the skateboarding magazines. And that was the first time I was like, holy crap, like you can actually do this. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, moving to Newbury Park was definitely the, the, game changer uh yeah. for my skateboarding.
1: Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. You know, it's like we can always look back at moments in our life mm-hmm. and there are things that are like you said, game changers, mm-hmm. these, these things that just fucking happen. Um, you know, for me, I grew up skateboarding, man. I mean I still skate. Uh and it's just so crazy um, you know, to think that if for me when I was a kid, right, and I'm same for you 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, every single day, just outboarding, outboarding, yeah. fucking shredding. And now I'm lucky to get on a board once a month. Like you said, once every two weeks. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and for you, you turned it into a career and became a professional skateboarder. But when you look back at your life, uh, what does, you know, what, what does skateboarding mean? How did it all start for you? Like, yeah, is it was just something you did with your friends family. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Uh, it originally started me just trying to fit in. I, you
0: know, I saw the cool kids riding skateboards. I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to be cool. So I got a skateboard. That's how it originally started. (laughs) Uh, What happened after that was unexpected for me. Uh, And really it was the first time there was kind of two things that happened at the same time. One, it was the first time I had something where I felt like I wasn't competing with anyone else. I was just competing with myself. And prior to that, like I played all like the conventional sports. So it was like this team sport. It was how do we beat them? So I liked the individual element to skateboarding, where it was me against me. The other thing that happened is it was the first time I looked at the world differently than how I looked at it prior to skateboarding. And and I, I say that because I saw somebody skate a handrail for the first time. And prior to that, I thought a handrail had one use. You hold this thing when you walk upstairs, you hold this thing when you walk downstairs, right? Yeah. And when I saw somebody jump on a skateboard, I was like, oh my God, how did you? (laughs) I never thought that was possible. And then I started looking around and went, what else is possible that I'm missing? And that was a big change. And just like, you know, maybe what I originally see isn't the only way to do it. Maybe there's a whole different, you know, element to this. And I was excited by that. So it was like those two things that really uh, uh, grabbed me in the beginning. And then the other thing was like, Everything I had done prior to skateboarding uh, was accepted. Like I played hockey, I rode bikes, like that was like okay to do. Yep. When I started skateboarding, skateboarding wasn't accepted. <laughs> it wasn't cool. All the parents thought it was only for like, you know, troublemakers. Yep. And so I experienced one, a lot of my friends' parents wouldn't let them skateboard, uh, wouldn't let them hang out with me anymore because of skateboarding. And I hadn't even been doing it long enough for it to even change me if that was even a thing. Damn. right? And so I was like, okay, this is weird. This is kind of whack. But also what happened was like, if you were a skater, you were so loved by other skaters. So like I experienced this like very tight knit group of kind of our community, and like, dude, those things—they—they're yes. hard to let go yes. of when you experience yes. it. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, and especially at a young age, man. When you, uh, you create that bond and that friendship with other people other than your family, man—it's—it's—it's—it's yeah. it's, it's, it's such a, a monumental part of every human being's life. And It's so funny that you said that, though, because that's exactly what I did. Mm-hmm. For me, I—I know how to fucking skateboard, but I saw some of the cool kids, or at least the thing, the kids that I thought were cool. Right. And I wanted to hang out with them. So I, you know, convinced my parents to get me a skateboard and that, and that's, I, I think that's how it happens for a lot of kids, but especially in our generation, right. It was looked down upon. It was such a negative uh, thing. Right. And it was like this culture of weed and fucking bad, you know, saggy pants and baggy pants and just like, you know, fucking up, uh, you know, parks and things like that. But it, it was so much more than that. And I look at how everything has evolved now, yeah. right? Now we're the adults, right? Yeah. And so now we're building these badass skate parks and these that's fucking right. der- like I see the shit that's happening in Santa Clarita, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. There's a skate park in Castaic. There's all this shit in you know um, uh, in Canyon Country, and it's like, and that's because the outcast kids, the the, the misfits, are now the adults, that's right? Right. That's right? And it's uh, it's this it's this uh, evolution. It's it's pretty cool. That's right. Um. For, for you though when you were growing up uh did you not fit in were you bullied were you made fun of was that something that you went through
0: um the bullying didn't happen until i started skateboarding actually like prior mm. to skateboarding like i was one of the cool kids like you know everybody like i was i got along with everybody uh felt cool felt hip like the whole nine right uh I didn't start getting made fun of until I picked up a skateboard, and then like everybody hated me, right? Like, wow. like I, you know, I was always friends with like the guys who played basketball and played baseball and played football. When I picked up a skateboard, like they became our enemies. You know, Ooh. it was like the football players were like such dicks to us. Like I went from like you know middle school was like all good, like I had like girlfriends and all that, right? <laughs> and then high school, like, dude, girls, they, nothing. There, there was nothing cool about skateboarding. So that was like a, a a humbling moment. Yeah, and then also to add to it, like I I moved uh you know i graduated eighth grade in agora moved to newberry park in ninth grade so now i'm going through this like i picked up a skateboard now i'm a skater and people don't like me and i'm going to a brand new high school i don't know anyone so it was like i think that was really good for me like yes, i struggled yeah. those first two years yeah. and like had to like make new friends and yeah. like had to be like dude i'm a nobody nobody cares about me everybody doesn't like me yeah uh i think that built character of course you know? it does
1: right and it- it absolutely does. I can only look back at my own life and I was uh, expelled out of every single middle school mm. um, in this Valley at the time. And, uh, and then it, uh, it, it led me to going to Hart high school, um, which I wouldn't have gone to, but I just got expelled so much that my parents, we had to like move and shit like this. I was just a fucking crazy kid. Okay. That being said, um, what that did for me though, is it did, it built a lot of character, yeah. right? You know, I, I, if I honestly believe that if none of that would have happened, I would have been like kind of in this bubble. And I think that a lot of times as a kid going through struggle, going through, you know, hard times, rough times, although it really fucking sucks, it does build a lot of character. It yeah. does, uh, create the person that we are yeah. as, as adults, or at least pieces of that. That's right. Um, um, you know, for you one thing that you said though is that, you know, skateboarding as a kid, it, it's not like a like a team sport, right? Uh where it's like you and a whole bunch of other people. Uh skateboarding is you and you and you and you only, yeah. right? Yeah. Um and I I think that it is really important to do those things. You know, I, I talk about deflating the ego a lot of times. We let our ego get the best of us. Right. Um and it's it's so important to be able to look within and I was able to do that a lot, you know, skateboarding just. Fucking going, 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 and constantly pushing yourself. Um, growing up, when you were skating, what did your parents think of it?
0: Oh, uh, it's a good question. Uh, in the beginning, they were okay with it. <laughs> they were just like, "Oh yeah, you like really love doing it." I'm like, okay, great. Yeah. Uh, it didn't become a challenge until I got to about sixteen, yeah. and my parents wanted me to get a job, <laughs> and that was the beginning of you know uh, this well let me say this your parents want what's best for you yeah right like I get it now being a parent like they just want to see your kids succeed mm-hmm. so you know there was some pushback when they looked at me and went look you can't just skateboard for the rest of your life like you have to like become an adult right I was like okay cool so that was the push for me to like try to keep skateboarding was I had to get a job and so how I looked at it I was like, look if I get a job I don't get to skate as much I want to continue skating. So what if I can like convince companies to give me free product and then I could sell that free product. Then I get money. And then like, what do I need a job for Right. (laughs) And my parents were like, yeah, you you should totally do that. I think they thought it was crazy, but they're like, yeah, you could do that. I love that. So it was like, I needed my parents to put the pressure on me to go, okay, what do I have to do now? Yeah. You know? And then that led to me getting free stuff. And my parents were like, how did you figure this out? (laughs) You know? And then I was like, okay, I'm good. And then, you know, my senior year, it started becoming challenging because I always thought, my parents always thought I was going to go to college. And now I'm starting to get the opportunity for my sponsors to start traveling, right? There was this big trip that one of my sponsors was, was going to go on the summer after high school to Europe. And I'm like, look, guys, like I get to go to Europe. And my yeah. mom's like, absolutely not. You're going to college. And I'm like, no, I'm not. No. You know what I'm saying? So I totally they, My parents were frightened at this point. I remember yeah. we would go back and forth about it. And, you know, eventually my mom was like, Okay, you know what? Like, uh, she brought me into a room. Right? We're going back and forth tonight. She brought me in a room. She's like, "All right, you know what? I want to pray with you." Wow. Right? She's like, "Let's just put it in God's hands." And I'm like, I remember her telling me that. Like, I was I was actually like pissed off that she said it. Right? I'm like, "What do you mean put this in God's hands? What if God doesn't want me to do this?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> and she's like, "Look, I like let's just please." I'm like, "All right, cool." So my mom's like, basically, God, look, if you want to do this, open the doors. If you don't want them to do it, close the doors. Okay. And I was like, all right, cool. And then she was like, okay, now I'm good. What happens, happens. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And then all of a sudden, dude, every door opens. And then like, you know, wow. four years later, and my brother used to skateboard, four years later, my mom's going, Matt, hey, you should try to get sponsors. You Shut
1: try the th- fuck yeah. up. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: And then my parents became the biggest supporters. Like my parents always... Uh, one, I, I always felt love from them. Two, I always felt like anything was possible because they were always very encouraging, right? And so even like once my mom was like, okay, actually, you got something going on here? Dude, they were huge supporters. of I mean, my grandparents, like, dude, my grandma used to cut every single ad I'd have out of the magazine. She subscribed to every magazine, right? No. And she cut out every ad I ever had, or every photo, she put it in a binder, right? Like, yes. dude, my
1: family was incredibly supportive, but there were moments where they were a little bit scared. Of course, and I totally understand that. And it's just, a, you know, it's so crazy hearing you say everything that you just said right now because I look back at all the people that I've had on this show, right? And I, I shit you not, man, the people that had these solid, tight-knit families, yes, there's up and downs, right? But when the, the way that you just spoke about your family, mm-hmm. there have been three other people on the podcast. Those three other people... Uh, I, I am They're They're doing well with themselves. They've yeah. created beautiful lives. They've, they're doing exactly what they want to do. Right. And to say that's the, you know, it doesn't like, it, I don't want to say it doesn't matter. I mean, there are people that have no parents, one parent, and that, you know, become very, very successful. Right. But the individuals that speak so highly of, of their family, it makes me feel good. I I personally didn't go through that. Right. I had a crazy uh, life situation. Um, and my father passed away when I was 17, Mm -hmm. but it built character and it built who I am today. And I am blessed to have, uh, at least 17 years with, with my father, uh, because it instilled so much in me that if I didn't have him. I don't know where I would be today. And even though I had him for a short period of time, it was, uh, the things that he constantly drilled into me. And although he was flawed, Mm -hmm. it, I, I guess all I can say, it's like, it's who I am today is a direct reflection of the things my father did when I was younger, things that he did and did not do. Yeah. And, and, and those are things that, uh, I am grateful for. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. it's just so cool to hear like your grandma clipping out, yeah. uh, you know, every single like, <laughs> that's you, so fucking I, I mean, I cool. think, it,
0: I think it's actually even worth saying it again, because it is really important. You can still become great with or without a great upbringing. Yep. Right but I, I, I if you have that it is easier yes it no is. doubt about it yep. you know so I, 100%. I am very
1: very thankful for that dude that is such a you know you're you're absolutely right it's like you can have like you can grow up with that you can grow without that and you can be successful yep. and and be very happy either way as mm-hmm. an adult but it is a lot easier right, that's right. and that's it's right. It's uh it's really sad to see because as you know American society and that's all I can speak of because I don't live anywhere else right um it's it's definitely lost in a big way that's you right. know um and uh, so it's just it's very beautiful to hear right, right. and it's something that I am sure because of your upbringing, it's uh, what the same exact thing. Like I before the podcast, how you were talking about your family, how you're talking about your kids, mm-hmm. it's just so beautiful to hear, man. Yeah. You know the the San Diego thing, everything. It's just it's it's amazing to hear. So, um, I, I love that. Thank All right, <laughs> let's get back to your story. Uh, so that being said, you know when you started doing this you started getting the sponsorships you started going through that what was going through your head like you're you're getting ready like you, you did the praying and obviously uh and the doors opened up and you're gonna go to europe okay. what went through your head
0: uh it, well it changes over time right in yeah. the beginning it was like dude i'm going to europe it was a that it like, <laughs> i'm going to europe to skateboard right and uh the company that I was sponsored by and the company that took me there was a company called City Stars and Cream Campbell. That was his company. Yep. For those of you that don't know, Cream Campbell's like iconic <laughs> skateboarder. Iconic skateboarder. Oh, gee. Right. He's like a he's like a Jay-Z. Or, yes, you he know. Is. And so I was like, dude, I get to go to Europe with Cream Campbell. This is on. insane, right? And and then I was just like, dude, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this is happening. That was like the initial kind of vibe, yeah. right? Uh, it wasn't until I got a part in the trans world video. Okay. That's when I was like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> I did it. You know, like I am a pro skateboarder and everyone is going to know who I am. That was the moment where I was like, dude, this is crazy. Yeah. And that probably happened. Oh man, two years after that trip, maybe a year and a half after that Fuck. trip.
1: So you're like 18, 19.
0: Yeah. I was like, yeah, I was 19, 19, when, okay. when trans world came out. Um, Like that, dude, it felt like a blink of an eye. Like, I guess that's the only way to say it. It moves so quick and happens so fast that in the beginning, you're like, what the heck's happening? What the heck's happening? What the heck's happening? And then it happens. And then you go through this moment of like, uh, trial, like, you know, with skateboarding, like, dude, this was my passion. You know, I, I love doing it. And then I got sponsored and it was exciting. Like, oh my gosh, they're putting out video parts. People know who I am. I go to the skate park. People are like, oh, you're Mikey Taylor, yeah. right? That's exciting. Then something happens where this becomes a real career. And a lot of the things that, you know, a lot of the reasons why I fell in love with skateboarding didn't apply anymore. And there was this new, like, you know, there were <laughs> obligations and pressures and all of these things. And there was a moment where I was like, this sucks. And, and you kind of like fall out of love with whatever your craft is. Yep. And then you go through this moment of like, why do I hate the thing I love? And then you have to find this new love out of it. So it's like, dude, I experienced every cycle, but in the beginning it was just like, this is crazy. <laughs> <You
1: know? laughs> no, it, it's, uh, it's exactly that, man. It's like uh, anyone um, that has found any success for something that they truly love they're truly passionate about right um it doesn't matter if you know for you professional skateboarder for me a hairdresser um for another person whatever the heck it is right uh it's that feeling of excitement oh my god it's like are you fucking serious right and especially if you've had no success or like very little success up until that point right it is fucking huge right and um And then all of a sudden it's like reality kicks in. Right. right. So it's like from the outset, it's like, dude, you're a professional skateboard. Oh my God, it's fucking nuts. And then it's like, uh, yeah, there's a lot more to it than everyone thinks, right. But being able to look back at your past, right. And Mm -hmm. the life that you've been able to live, um, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Right. That's right. You know, you kind
0: of touched on it. Uh, you, you mentioned, uh, That life, you're running through these like tunnels. You could like see a, a, you know, a little bit of the light, and you run towards the light, and then all of a sudden you're in the next tunnel, right? It's such a good analogy because throughout our life, we're met with trial and challenge, right? And once you experience getting through one of those moments and how much stronger you become on the other end, then the next time it happens, you have a different perspective of what yes. it looks like, right? In the first case, you're like, oh my gosh, it's dark, it's scary, what should I do? The second time it happens, you're like, okay, I'm uncomfortable, but I know what happens if I keep moving forward, yep. right? So that I definitely got to a point, you know, over an amount of time where I was like, okay, yeah, this sucks, but there's going to be something really good that happens from it. Yep. You know, just, it, it dude, it's... It's wisdom that you gained through years on this earth. And I mean, the cool thing is like, dude, we're, you know, I'm in my late thirties now. Yeah. You guys are mid thirties. <laughs> uh, dude, we have so much time left. We do. Like we are going to learn so much more and so be able to speak. Much. Yeah. Yes, so I'm yeah. excited about
1: that. No, it, it, it's beautiful. And, you know, I want to touch on something that you said. It's uh, the feeling of being uncomfortable, mm-hmm. right? It, most people are scared. They don't like that. That is something that they shy away from. And I hate to generalize, you know, by saying most people, but I'm going to say it a lot of people, right? Mm. Don't like that feeling for me. It is something that I personally enjoy. Mm. Um, that feeling of being uncomfortable because I know that I'm pushing through, Right. I know that for me, when I just get complacent and this is like, this is my life and I'm not doing anything and I'm like, blah, 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 blah. Or I can continue to push through whatever the fuck I'm going for in life. Mm. Right. You know, for, for, for me, as I push forward in my business, as I push forward in this podcast. Right. I could have just sat back and just waited for things to happen, or you can continue to push through Mm. and through pushing through, through going through those tunnels, you're going to feel uncomfortable, Mm. right? I don't want to feel uncomfortable my entire life, but I don't want to be complacent, right? And especially at this early age of 34 years old, right? Like I have to continue to push through, Mm. um, because I don't know anything else, right? It's, it's all I know. And it's all who I am as a human being. And I try to share with as many people as possible. And some people gravitate towards it and some people won't Mm. um but i guess that's really why i like this podcast is that uh you know before i started the podcast right i was getting really just kind of comfortable and i was getting sheltered and i was getting closed off and i i wasn't talking to a lot of people and when my wife for my 32nd birthday 32nd 33rd one of them, um, birthday bought me no thirty third bought me the the podcast setup. It was mm-hmm. it wasn't this one, uh, but it was like a three person podcast mm-hmm. setup. I knew I had to do it because the year before for my birthday she had bought me a uh a, this this like coupon. It was a, it was to have a session with a comedian that could help me write some jokes and shit like that cuz I wanted to try stand up comedy, right? Um and I never fucking did it, right? Cuz I always want to try something new. I'm always like trying something new. And um and, and so this podcast when she got it for me, I had to fucking do it. I mm. knew I had to do it. And I've just been nonstop with it. And it took me out of my shell Mm. and has made me uncomfortable so many fucking times along the way, but it's made me a better person. And it's like, I think people need to step out of their comfort zone Mm. more often. And I, and I guess that's what I'm getting at in a long winded fucking way of saying it. I love how you said it. And I told (laughs) you, thank you. I appreciate it. Okay. So we're going to get back to your story, right? Um, so you 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 go through that that the European trip mm-hmm. with Kareem Campbell. Mm. First off, man, how was that? Like seriously, how the fuck was that? Because growing up, he he was he was a OG, dude. The
2: man had his own shoes. <laughs> like he's one of those type the of skaters. Casey Case. yeah. dude, like you cannot. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, my mind is blown just hearing it. You know, yeah. like, you hear those old school names of like, that was inspiration yeah. to us. You watch those videos and also be like, yeah, yeah, all right, let's go. Go outside, yeah. and a quick skate set. Yeah. Try to be like, all right, he did a four stair. I got this four stair. Yeah. No, you know what? I'm going to three flip this four stair. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Let's go. You
0: know what? It was, uh, the crazy experience happened. The craziest experience happened before we went to Europe and Kareem had a house in the valley. And you know my friend Paul and my friend Justin were like, "Hey, dude, we're gonna go see Cream." I'm like, "Hey, let's go see him." So we go to his house like, you know, we sit in, we sit on the couch, and we're like, "Dude, we're, we're <laughs> like nervous and like, we're, you know, we're like uptight." Like one of those awkward on, moments right? in life. Yeah, that's right. And Cream's like, "All right, yo, hey, I think we're gonna meet up with Muska." We're like, <laughs> Muska, <laughs> what the right? Like, what is life, right? And then <laughs> all of a sudden, out. like Cream's like, "All right, let me go do some things." Cream runs around. We look at the coffee table. And this is like when like Tony Hawk pro skateboard is popping. Right. Yes. And on his coffee table, there's a check and Paul goes, Mikey, look, 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 look. And I'm look, I'm like, it was like 65,000 oh. bucks. Right. And we're like, what? <laughs> <Green's> rich. <laughs> like, it, it was just like, it was surreal. And then when we went to Europe, it was, uh, it was my first time out of the country. So it was more like the, wow. Like yeah. there's a whole, there, there's a lot. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it, and yeah, I'm doing it with Green Campbell. Yeah, you know, it, it's was, like, it was trippy. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah it's it a. Uh, it is definitely a beautiful moment that you can look back at your life and mm. and, uh, and and share the story. And it's cool because so many people get excited when you share stories mm. like that, right? That's right. Uh, it's it's the energy that you put off. Like when you said Chad Muska, like was like what
0: the fuck, we, oh, dude? All Come on. eyes lit up. Yeah. It's like, wait, 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 wait. you God. gotta go hang out with Chad Muska. Dude, there was one. There was one night, dude. We go. To, so we all go skate together. We go to California Pizza Kitchen, yeah. right? We have dinner. Kareem and, and Chad are fighting over who's paying the bill. Oh, like fighting over it, right? Jeez. We're like, dude, okay, this is insane. And then all of a sudden we leave and Chad's like, oh, no, 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 no. We got to go check out this rail around the corner, right? I want to grind this rail. We're going to grind this rail, right? Full muscle style. Yeah. And we're like, okay. And he pulls us up to this rail on the back of this mall. It's like, a ten flat, ten flat, ten flat, ten. Right? We we're like, Jeez. you really want to do this? He's like, I'm doing it. We we're like, dude, this is insane. <laughs> and then he didn't do it that night. And then we always just remember, like, dude, I wonder if Muscles going to grind the rail. And every <laughs> new part he would have, we wait to see the rail. But he, he didn't never, never saw <laughs> the rail. Never saw it. <laughs> that's right. I love that, dude. That's
2: right. um That's so fucking cool. Did mm-hmm. he have the backpack on also too while he was trying to hit it?
0: Oh man, when when the we infamous. were hanging out with him. Uh, yeah, it was an, it was during the time of the backpack, yeah. the ghetto blaster. Yeah. The yes, I had, had one of those
2: backpacks yeah. with the speakers in it. Yeah. Yes, it was awesome. oh, you
0: had to. Yeah. yeah. You had to. That was, it. dude. When we were hanging out, Muska it was like the height of Muska. D three, What is it? The D three? No, that was a different. That was uh, Dave Mayhew. Dave Mayhew. Oh yeah.
2: Muska Muska, Muska had, had the secret pass. Yes, yeah, dude. That shit
3: was. Oh, geez, Jeez. Son. yeah,
1: son. I love all that. All the Thirty shit. year olds out Thirty five year olds Yes, in, yes, years, yes. dude. You have no idea how many times I look up that shoe and I'm looking on eBay like like a brand new fucking. But they they never happen. They're always like a grand to buy anyways. Yeah. Um. That that being said, man, that's 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 really fucking cool. So when you came back from that trip, right, uh, you're in your 20s uh, or, or 1920, right? Um, what was next for you? Like, what was that next transition?
0: So uh, Paul and I turned pro uh, right after the Transville video. And then uh, I end up writing for a new board company. The big transition for me is when I got my first shoe. And I got it through DVS. And that was like... The shoe is the holy grail for a pro skateboarder. Like when yep. you get your own shoe, like you even said it. Yep. Like, oh, Kareem that's was a when shoe you, pro. When yeah. you make it to where you have shoes, Eric Costin, yeah. you're like, Oh, You guys <laughs> remember those E.S. Yeah.
2: E. Eric Costin? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're
0: viewed. You that's right. Our God. You're a different type of pro skateboarder. Yes. You've hit the, the, the big level, right? Yes. So I remember I got my first pro shoe. And I was like, this is it. I did it. <laughs> this is it, you know? Uh, what happened though is uh, I got my first royalty check. Right. And with, in skateboarding, like, you know, we get paid a retainer and then we get paid uh, either a percentage or a dollar amount of every unit we sell with our name on it. Right. Okay. And like with skateboards, you're not selling that many skateboards. So, like, the royalty check's not that big. Yeah. A pro shoe is pretty significant because right. now you have every shop that's buying, you know, multiple colors in every size run, maybe duplicate size runs. And so, my first royalty check, I was like, oh, this, I, this is a lot of money, Yeah. right? And so I was like, how do I make more of this? <laughs> and so I started getting really into uh, basically the business side or, or maybe the product side of the skateboard industry. Okay, I have my own shoe. How do I market this shoe better? How do I connect with the audience better? How does everything that I can do here translate into more shoes sold? And I really started enjoying that process. Like we talk about like falling in and out of love with skateboarding. When I got my first shoe, I was falling out of love with skateboarding. Wow. What the new love became was the love on the business side of skateboarding. Really, really like gravitated towards that. And so uh, that was like a big milestone for me because that that changed what my mission in skateboarding was and even changed a lot of the decisions that I would you know, make in the future as opposed to the decisions I made in the past, yeah. and it was all about basically how do I build my brand? Like when I meet people, how do I extend my network? When I meet kids, how do I make that an experience? It was it was just a a, a new uh, outlook. Yes, and so that was probably the next big moment for me was that shoe.
1: Yeah,
0: and then that's ultimately what. Uh, drove me towards the entrepreneurial side, wanting to start my own businesses. Was that love for you know taking a vision of a shoe, you know working with a team, bringing it to market, you know
1: telling a story. I loved all of that. That is absolutely incredible. Do
2: The way <laughs> you just take a simple thing and elevate it. Mm, that's right. Like you have a cheeseburger. Yeah. That's at McDonald's. That's a dollar to where you go to like another burger place, they're like the fifty dollar burgers, but because they're just not ordinary. Yeah. And they you think so far above
0: yeah. everything. Yeah. You wanna hear something funny? My my wife said this to me when uh I don't know if we were married at this point, maybe we we're dating, but uh she was like, you know what's so interesting? She's like, you've gained so much knowledge and experience just by being sponsored because you've been able to see how the sausage is made essentially yes. you've been able to like build these relationships see how everything works without having to like make the steps up through the like corporate ladder whatever that is right and it was so fascinating because like i i didn't totally understand what she said at the moment but you know as i got older i totally got it and something you just said reminded me of it with skateboarding dude we're selling the same product like <laughs> spoiler spoiler alert <laughs> All the boards are the same boards. Of oh, course. Yeah. Right. Of course. So you have all the all the boards of the same <laughs> boards. Well, how do you how do you get a kid to think one board is better than the other? Right? Yeah. Now we get into marketing. Now we get into storytelling, right? And that is basically what every pro skateboarder learns. How do I separate myself from you? How do I connect with them different than you connect with them? And that was a a big takeaway for me moving out of the skateboard industry. And I just didn't realize the blessing it gave me was like, wow, like we understand marketing. We understand storytelling. We understand how to elevate a product, even when there's no elevation of the product. It's the exact same product, right? It's the same
1: product. It's the exact same, it is the same product. product. Look, right? Nike
0: and Adidas are the same shoes. Yep. Right? Girl, plan B, same shoes. Yep. They're all the same stuff. Yep. A hundred percent, man. But with Nike. I don't know, man.
2: You know, I got these Nikes on. I won't say that they're all one shoe the same. Look, you ready for this one? Look, I, I worked
0: for Nike. I'm going to hit you over the head right here. You ready? You ready for this one? When I was a kid, and I want to know your guys' perspective. When I was a kid, I bought Nikes because of Michael Jordan. Yep. And when I put those shoes on, I thought I ran faster and jumped yes, higher.
1: Yes. 100%. Remember, the pumps? Remember the pumps back in right. the day? I pumped
0: myself up. Reeboks. Whatever. I don't give a shit. I pumped myself up with the Reeboks. But the Jordan one was the big yeah. one for me. Because when those things went on my feet, I believed yeah. that I was faster and that I could jump higher. Right? Yeah. Did that shoe really make me run faster, jump higher? No. No. But Michael Jordan made
1: me believe I did. But hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You're absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. But do you think, right? I'm just going to throw a curveball on this. Do you think because of of whatever the fuck is going on inside our head, right? I'm a big that, believer in the placebo effect. Exactly. So that's yeah, you're yes. Okay, at, okay.
0: Thank you. Thank you. right? I'm me too. Yeah. Huge. That's right. If
1: Huge.
2: you go ahead, go go go. Oh, no! But I'm saying, just like how you're you you know, come back to what you said earlier. One, you're in a battle with yourself as as a skater. Mm-hmm. You you are you, and you're your own business. Mm-hmm. But then, just like as Jordan does, as other, you know, Allen Iverson, all these other people, same product, but the story that they tell, right. what they create, and yes, my, even with my son, I bought him his first pair of Jordans, and I that's put those little Jordan 3s on, and I shit you not, he ran almost all the way out the store. They probably thought he was going to steal them, but he said, Daddy, did you see how fast I ran? Yeah. <laughs> that's right.
0: Look, it's so true, man. Like I put yes. on Andrew Reynolds' shoe and thought my kickflip was better. It's, yes, it's just, yes.
2: It's how it's how it works. But, yes. It's an inspirational thing. Yes, I, ideally the placebo. Everything's just the same, but what it creates, and if it can light the fire under your ass to push yourself forward, or more like, okay, I'm teaching my daughter how to you know skate
0: myself right now. Okay, you got the ollie down. The the the. I think this is where you're going. I'm going to just yeah. sabotage it. The craziest takeaway from this is if you believe that you run faster with those shoes on, you probably run faster. Yep. Right? So the secret is <laughs> you've got to figure out how to how to believe something even when everything inside of you is telling you it's not true, right? Because I, I really, really do believe in the placebo effect. Yeah. If you believe it's possible... It's possible. Yes. If you don't believe it's possible, it's not possible. Yep. But the reality is still the same. Yeah. Right. So it's it's it, dude the placebo effect plays a huge one because I mean dude I put on Reynolds and all of a sudden I thought I can kickflip better and I tell you I could kickflip better. You did. Why? You just did. Why? Because I believed I could kickflip better.
1: Isn't that crazy though? It's like the because I miss. believed I believed right. Mm-hmm we can believe in anything. Right. But at what magnitude does a person truly believe that they can do something? Right. And then it comes down to actually putting in the work and the effort. Right. That's right. But that initial just experience that goes on in our fucking brain. Yes. I can jump higher. Yes. I can kick foot better. Yes. I can do this better. Mm. It is fucking crazy how that those things happen. That's right. Um, So when you got, all right, we're going to bring it back to you and your story, right? Uh, when you got that shoe deal, Mm. right, you got that fucking shoe deal and you started making a little bit of money Mm. and everything you, you said you were falling out of love of skateboarding. Did your love come back for skateboarding or did it just go off completely in the other direction?
0: Uh, it eventually came back, but, but it came back in a different way. It, it, the the original love I had for skateboarding when I was a kid went away. Yeah. New love was created. Right, I, I really really loved the business side of skateboarding, and then I loved doing the actual craft. But it was because of the purpose of the business that it, it was part of the plan. Right, when skateboarding ended, uh, the challenge was the love that got me through. You know, twenty five to. 34 was really the business side then when the pro career ended the business side wasn't there and the love i originally had from skateboarding wasn't there either and so now and dude i've talked to a lot of people who are basically were pro skateboarders and not now that have been not for a long time and all of them say that the love that you got that you had when you were a kid comes back it just takes time uh I guess
1: it hasn't been a long enough time for me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe when you're like in your forties
3: and fifties. Cause I
0: force it like truthfully, like when I yeah. go skate, like I, I could very easily right now, go six months, not step on a skateboard, not even think about it. Yeah. That, that, that's definitely the space I'm in.
1: Isn't that crazy? Very, very crazy. It's fucking weird, it's, right?
0: It doesn't sound right coming out of yeah. my mouth, yeah. you know, yeah. because I was obsessed for 25 years.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, it's, anything man like for me i am uh at this point where i i don't do hair anymore right and for the past
3: eight years
1: yeah no i don't yeah that was uh one of the saddest moments
2: in my life recently when brock (laughs) said that he was no longer going to be cutting my hair yeah yeah yeah. i i literally kind of crumbled a little bit and then the icing on the cake is when he said that he'll still cut my son's hair
0: yeah you ready for this one (laughs) you're i'm gonna build on that that sucks. You know, I'm uh, I come in and like, do you notice your hair, man? You know that your hair yeah. is beautiful. Thank you. Uh, and then we're doing a podcast. And I'm like, damn, if I would have done this right, I'd be getting my hair cut. Yes. During the podcast. I know, I know, I know. So hey, I maybe walk, you got something there. I walk <laughs> the- in a mess we have a great combo. Yeah. I walk out fresh. <laughs> I, I seriously thought that in the middle of our interview. Like, that's, dang, I did not play my cards right here. No, Look, because, Hey, will you come do the podcast? Will you cut my hair during it? Yes, <laughs> then yes. There
2: you go. We could do it. So like a combo deal. Yeah, okay, <laughs> we will Because like he said, though, also too, the reason why he is here today is because we saw him yeah. and I can vouch for that 30-minute haircut. Yep. That turned into a two, three hour haircut. Yep. Because we would just sit there. Yeah. We would talk. That's right. I, my wife would get mad at me. She's, <laughs> she's like, you're out longer than a woman would be out. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm sorry. It yeah. just the conversations. But then what happens is she cut he cuts her hair yeah. and she's gone for that long. And I'm like, what happened? <laughs> now right. you understand. That's right. That's right. It's
1: just, yeah, but 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 getting getting back to the point is like I for so long like i man when i first got in the hair industry and i started finding success I, it was just fucking amazing right it was just the most beautiful thing because i had never felt anything like that before in my life before that i was selling fucking drugs and that's what made me excited and fuck that shit now um that being said i never thought i would get to a point where yep. i was like super on the creative side but now I am completely running my business, uh, you know, and I've just branched off onto the business side in the yeah. past five, six years. And then the past two, three years just fucking exploded. But I've, I don't know, man. It, it's it's just weird to think like, I'm done. I'm fucking done. Like yeah. there are a few people that I would cut hair for, but like, I just like, even my little brother, I just sent to my fucking cousin. And um, it, it's just that I'm I don't know, man, I'm just done. I know. It's just, there comes a point in your life where you you, you, you realize it's like, if I continue to do this, am I really fucking happy? Is this what I really want to do? I feel it. And, and for me, it it definitely was not the case. Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, we'll bring it back to you. It's like, you know, as any, as, as, as probably most people know, or not a lot of people know, um, I guess probably not a lot of people know we're not taught a lot about finance mm-hmm. you know in life mm-hmm. no we're definitely not taught a lot about finance in life that is a fact right um you know growing up going to high school all of that shit it's like you're, you're not really fucking taught. you're taught the same shit over and over again just delivered differently right yeah. uh we like we said earlier is like you know, after the third or fourth grade, it's like everything else is, you know, I don't want to call it bullshit, but it's bullshit. Um, when you got to the point of starting to like figure everything out, what was it inside of you that said, you know what, this is, this is what I want to do because this is what you're focused on now is, is the business side and the business aspect of things.
0: Uh, fear, fear was my number one driver. Uh, And really it was because there was no social media when I was skating. So like when pros would no longer be pros, dude, you had no idea what happened to them. Like they really jumped off into the abyss. And like, that was frightening for me. Like I was always so scared about what life was going to look like after. And that was really what drove me to just pay attention and try to figure out what to do to prevent that type of pain. That's really what it was. And so One, you know, I told you, my mom was like, you know, let's pray about it. Let's see if these doors open. My dad was like, you need somebody helping you with money. Yeah. You know? So my dad connected me with somebody when I was uh, about 19 and dude, thankfully. And this was like another one of those big blessings in my life. He didn't just manage my money. He actually spent time educating me on the process. Right. And so, in the beginning, like I was just like, "Dude, paying attention" because I was scared and I knew nothing about it, right? And and then I hit a point where I was like, I started looking around and I was like, "Why isn't anybody else doing this?" Yeah, you know, like all my friends, like they they're just buying all this nice stuff, you know. And I'm sitting here driving, you know, my '92 Civic hatchback. I'm like, <laughs> "Am I am I doing it wrong?" And then basically when we that's how it started and and his name was randy but basically my original plan with him was live like i'm broke so that i'm able to maximize the amount of money i can save and invest and when i invest i'm gonna invest in things that actually help my transition at you know 30 to 35 whenever that's gonna be right and then all of a sudden like you know, years later is when the entrepreneurial stuff happened. So I originally thought it was just like, okay, be disciplined, be smart, get my money to work. My career's going to end and I'm good. When I started my first company, that's when things started changing because now I felt like I had a, I had confidence in succeeding after skateboarding. And I think that's why I was so disciplined in the beginning with, with my finance is I seriously didn't know how to make money. Like I was making money because I was a pro skateboarder. Yeah. I had no idea what that was going to look, look like after. So I was like really concerned. Like, dude, I'm not going to make any money. I get that. And so uh, starting my first company was very, it added a lot of confidence because I started realizing that I did have a skill set that could translate outside of skateboarding. Uh, but all of that happened because of fear. It was all fear of the unknown.
1: It's being uncomfortable.
0: Really uncomfortable. <laughs> really uncomfortable
1: exactly yeah right yeah. it's fucking crazy man it's so crazy how those things happen right but it, it transitions us to that next part of our life um and at, at, at what point um at what age let me ask you this at what age did you invest uh into your first company how old were you
0: well my first i, I started when i was uh probably 19 eight, somewhere between 18 I think it was probably 19 Uh, And dude, my first investments were like, you know, Roth IRA, you know, mutual (laughs) funds. It was very standard. Um, I didn't make my first investment into like an alternative or real estate or a startup. That came later. That was like, oh gosh, I started when I was 19. My first investment into an alternative was probably 25. What was it? I'd say real estate
1: real estate storage units uh, tell me a little bit about that because i saw a post that you recently did or maybe a little while ago that you didn't talk about a new uh spot that you got right um what is the thought philosophy behind that okay so what is it now or what was it then okay
0: <laughs> you guys, it's changed over the years
1: okay uh let's start what was it then okay what what it was back then was I just like
0: that can
1: you get a couple more of these thank you
0: uh, i'm going to have one with you guys
1: there we go, there we go. Thank yeah you bring, boys. bring a few thank in you boys. yeah
0: um so basically you know back then i didn't know a lot uh, randy was just trying to create these principles and disciplines within me that's what he started with yeah. so it basically started you know spend less than you make oh okay i could do that And then it was like, you have to create a budget, so you need to start putting purpose behind dollars. Oh, okay, cool, right? And then it was like, you know, pay yourself first, and all of that was the beginning. When it came to, like, actually investing, that came a little bit later, uh, and, you know, he started talking about compound interest, or even interest in the beginning. It was like, if you put your money into certain things, they have to pay you for you putting your money there, right? And I was like, Ooh, that sounds cool. <laughs> you know, like I get paid to do this. Yes. Right. Uh, when I invested in real estate, I didn't totally, uh, I didn't understand the complexity at which they were doing it. What I understood was they go out and find something that's distressed. Right. What they were doing at the time was buying dark Kmart's or when grocery stores would go dark. Shit. Right. So I was like, Oh, okay, cool. That sounds cool. And then like, and <laughs> then we converted into storage units. I'm like, Uh, okay, that sounds cool. And then we rent up the storage units. Oh yeah. Okay. I get that. Right. And then we pay our debt and then we have money left over and we give that money to investors. Cool. This sounds rad. That was all I knew. (laughs) Right. But what I did know was I had, you know, what, six years with Randy prior to that. And Randy, uh, uh, what he did as well was ran, uh, real estate funds. They had two real estate funds that they ran, so I already had a built-in trust with him, great relationship. And then once I had that opportunity, it was like, hey man, I really, really trust you. You say this is a good investment for my career. Let's do this, you know? And then I started basically realizing or seeing the fruits of it. Right. I started wow. getting money that started coming in. I was like, wait, I'm getting paid every quarter. I'm not even work. Yeah. And Jeez. then it was like, you know, there would be like a refund. There'd be cap- Ooh, this is that that was the beginning but what what was very important for me was i started seeing how the process worked yeah and i wanted more of it yes and that was encouragement for me to go okay really buckle down on the savings so that i could put more money into this stuff dude that's how it started for me
1: man that is absolutely absolutely amazing
0: what because now now that that's a very different understanding of of real estate that I yes. have now. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. now I can tell you a whole different story yeah, go about, uh, this is go- about, you. about storage units.
1: It doesn't matter back then or now. What is it about uh, storage units, right? Like why storage units?
0: Okay. Um, well, I'm going to tell you why I like storage units now. Yeah. Uh, because back then it was just, hey, they're doing it and they seem to be working. Um, storage, storage is an asset class that, Kind of performs well always. And I think it comes back to human behavior. Like we don't want to get rid of stuff. Yep. Right. So, regardless of us doing well, of times of trial, that's the last thing we give up. And so, even if, like, let's say, you know, let's say there's a correction, there's say like there's, we're in a recession, right? And what happens? People downsize, people are going to rent. Typically, they'll view it as temporary. Mm hmm. And so they don't want to get rid of the things that are important to them, so nope. they put them somewhere in that moment of time. So storage does pretty well then. Uh, what I really like about what we do is we look for distressed assets that are basically at discount, and then as we repurpose storage, is something at least from a construction side on cost, it's not that expensive uh, in relation to uh, other building yeah. other things. And so the conversion isn't that bad. And then once you basically have it, the operation it's a, the way we do it, I, I I think is, is built to succeed always essentially.
1: That's absolutely amazing. I mean, it it just makes a lot of sense, right? It's like you, you, how big of a property does one need to get if they want to go down that rabbit hole? Oh, that, so that can
3: be
0: all over the board. Um, You know, we have one of our properties is about 250,000 square feet of just rentable storage space. Yeah. That's a pretty big one. Yeah. Um, But but how we do it though, like I was investing with them. So they would bring a bunch of investors in and everybody would put their money together to be able to participate in these bigger assets, right? That was always my experience. And so that's basically the company that I do now. We have a fund that people get to invest in. We basically big up our dollars together to participate in bigger opportunities that we couldn't do individually. So for you, right? It's like, okay, you want to get into storage use, or let's say apartment buildings, right? You're like, I want an apartment building. Well, you're probably gonna save a lot of your money to buy a duplex or a fourplex. Well, with apartments, uh, when you get to a certain size, there's a lot more efficiencies that happen because of it, right? So a lot of times you're trying to get into those bigger deals. Well, dude, you started a duplex. How long is it going to take you to get into your hundred unit? Yeah. It's going to be a good amount of time. Yes. I always took the approach of like, I want to get into the hundred units right now. Yeah. Okay. I, you know, I'm not going to own the whole thing myself, but I'm still going to get a great return on my money. Fantastic. And I get to be a part of an, of a, a property that uh, performs well because of that, that yes. scalability.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Because of its size, because That's of right. the people that are coming into it. I, f- I find that f- Fucking fascinating. We'll mm. we'll talk more about that. Um, okay, so I, once again, I want to bring it back to your story, right? So we're we're probably around your 25, right? Got the shoe deal, mm. um, all of that, right? So what came next, right? Because you still had nine more years until you retired, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. This is a good story. Uh so I was telling you that I fell in love with the process of selling product, right? Yeah. Well, with with DVS, I I was like enjoying it so much. I was like, I want to be more than a skater. Like I want to be involved. I want to work on design, and I came up with this whole plan. Called the president of the company, and I was like, "Hey, I, I want to meet with you." His name's Tim Gavin. I love him. He's like sweetheart. One of my one of my close friends now. <laughs> and I was like, "All right, Tim, this is what I want to do. I want to be. I want to help design shoes. I want to help sell them. Like I have this idea. I can be like help new kids come on. Like I want to be like a hybrid, like pro yeah. skateboarder, but also like part of the you know development." And he looks at me. And he's like, you know, doing this, nodding. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so what do you think? And he goes, no. Oh, shit. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, dude, what the hell are you talking about? Just go skateboard. What are you talking about? Go skate. And I remember leaving that meeting like like very discouraged. And when I got in my car, it was the realization that I wasn't going to write for DBS anymore. I was like, this is over. Wow. And I didn't bad. quit right there. It yeah. was just like I knew it was over. And then one of my closest friends named Heath Brinkley uh, took a position at Etne's and they brought him on to kind of revamp their team. Right. And he he knew what 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 I was going through. And he calls me and he's like, hey, dude, I I have the opportunity for you to be more than a skater. And I'm like, yeah? And he goes, yeah, I want you to come ride for Etneys. I was like, ooh, really?
3: (laughs) You know, (laughs) Etneys?
0: You know, and he goes, no, look, dude, I I I want you to be involved. I want you to help me build the team. I want you to help me uh uh you know create a different type of product line help me design the shoes like let's revamp this thing and and he's like dude this is your future like this is where you build the next thing in your life i'm like i'm in let's yeah. do this right and then basically i had the realization uh that i wasn't good working with people like <laughs> you know like my 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 thought of like how you get things done was very like authoritative like do this get this done make this happen right and i'm like some skateboarder like barking at like designers that have been there for a long time
3: yeah
0: you know and so uh like there was this moment where like we were working on shoes and like do we we're on our like third sample run and i walk in <laughs> i walk into etnies i'm working i'm looking at these things i'm like these are these are trash and like they're like what and like at the time it was like etnies S and America, kind of all the designers worked in the same room, right? Oh, shit. And I'm like, dude, these are trash. I'm like, well, I'm like, this, this is trash. Throw it in the trash can, right? <laughs> and they're like, dude, we thought they were pretty good. And I'm like, exactly. Like, you're trying to get to good. I want to get to great. It was this well, I want to get to great, right? And I'm just like yelling at him, right? And so I leave there. I get a call from Heath Brinkley. And he goes, what the hell did you do today? And I'm like, What happened? Like, I'm like, what? And he's like, did you throw the shoes in the trash and tell the designers that these suck? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, dude, you can't do that. uh, And I was like, and dude, I was young. And basically when I heard that, I went, yep, I've got to start my own company. Right? Like, as I heard it, I was like, I'm just a skater. These guys view me as a skater. Of course they think I'm tripping. Right. They're always only going to view me as a skater. I need to do my own company. (laughs) What I (laughs) 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 really, so it's just, so that's what I heard from it. Right. (laughs) The reality was I didn't know. I I didn't know how to work with people. I didn't know how to be a leader. I I just had an idea of what I thought meant getting things done. It, It wasn't, wasn't good. So I had that realization, uh, and then I had the opportunity to start my first company and, uh, and it was all of that buildup that like Jeez, led to man. like, I'm going to do this.
1: You know, Fucking, damn, man, that's crazy. Right. That, that, that's, um, you know, we, we, we look back at moments in our life. If, if you like
0: dude, my <laughs> close friends, like Paul, yeah. uh, Sean Malto, like, yeah? <laughs> if you ask them about my life, they laugh every single time because they knew me, you know, I've been friends with Paul since I was 14, mm-hmm. right? So he knew me like, you know, young kid, crazy, like walking into it and he's throwing stuff. He knew that side. And then I had a moment in my life where I, I changed. I, I I was fed up with who I was, right? And then he's known that side for the last 10 years. So it's Jeez. like, dude, there was like a, 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 like, I lived two different lives throughout my career and what's interesting is you can see it in a lot of the videos like you could see this change that happened where i was like pissed off like every all the videos had me like you know throwing shoes and breaking boards and then the second half of my career all you saw me doing was like laughing and smiling that's amazing
1: what was it at that like if you were to ask your friends if you were to ask paul right what would he say it was that changed everything paul would just say you just changed okay Uh, what would you say I had a, um,
0: a moment where it happened actually take mushrooms or something. No, uh, uh, this was, <laughs> I, dude, I'm at a, I'm at a, I'm at a Christmas party. Okay. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it dude, I'm drinking, yeah. we're staying at a hotel down there. It's like two in the morning. And, uh, you know, all my friends, are like, let's walk back to the hotel. I'm like, all right, that's cool. So we start walking back to the hotel I don't know why this happened. As I'm walking by, I'm 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 just thinking about my life, yeah. thinking about who I am, and I remember like having this moment where I was like, "I don't like me." Like this guy kind of sucks, you know. And as I, it was so funny, like I'm walking, like I'm up up to I'm pacing with everybody. Right, I start thinking about my life. I start taking slower steps, and then I'm like, "Dang, I'm not that great." Even slower steps, right? puts <laughs> me into a pause. Right. And it just so happened to be under this this light, the street light, right? So it's two in the morning, it's foggy out. My friends just kind of go keep going off into the darkness. I'm what under the streetlight, straight out of the movies, dog. Right? Tell me
2: why I'm literally picturing this
3: too. Right? This yes. is right?
0: straight out of the movies. This really happened. You're envisioning it, right? And all of a sudden I sit down on the curb, right? I'm in tears. I have this moment. Epiphany. I'm like, this isn't who I'm meant to be. I'm not supposed to be here complaining about everything. I'm not supposed to be this guy that's just like mad. I'm meant to be be joyful and happy and just like love my life. Like this isn't me, right? And it was just like this moment where I was like, I have to change or I'm not going to live the life that I'm supposed to live. And so I was like, this is it. This is the beginning of the new me and I walk back to the hotel, right? I'm like about to go to sleep. and I'm just telling myself it changes now. It changes now, right? So I wake up the next morning. I'm like, this is the new me. I right? tell all my friends, <laughs> I don't get mad anymore. I don't throw my board, right? I was just like committed. <laughs> and then dude, next day I'm throwing my board again. I'm like, yeah, what of that? course, you know, and basically, but what happened? I was like, you know what? I need to start making steps, to be the person I want to be. Yes. And so I had this game I started playing with myself where every day I was going to find something good in a bad situation. Just one thing. And even if I have to like make it up, I'm going to do it, right? Even if it's just like, I'm happy like I woke up today. Right. Yeah. Which is actually a great blessing, it's a but I was like, thing. I'm just going to, that's what I'm going to do. Right. So that started happening. And it was like, dude, sometimes it was a stretch. Sometimes was, sometimes it was easy. And after doing it long enough, what happened was bad things would happen or something like that. I viewed was a bad thing would happen. And I wouldn't even have to play the game anymore. It was all of a sudden I would go, well, this is the positive from it, or this is what could be learned. And it changed. It changed my. Joy in a lot of ways, uh, that was the beginning of, of the new me. And then that lasted until my career ended. And then I had to go through basically it all over again,
1: all over again. Right. right, And we'll, we'll get to, we'll definitely get to that point very soon. Um, it's so crazy, you know, because a lot of times we think when we want to make these drastic changes or we have these big dreams, right. And we just go for it. Like, it's like, i'm here here's the dream and i'm just gonna go ball to walls for it right every single time it doesn't fucking work yeah why because in life you can't go from point a to point b uh just fucking jumping over it right very seldom like very very few times does that happen a lot of times it's a little bit a little bit a little bit yeah. a little bit and that's why for me, especially in the past year, I've done this thing where it's like, all right, I have this dream. I have this goal. I want to do this. Right. Um, and I'm gonna break it down. I'm gonna break it down in eight chunks, ten chunks, whatever the fuck it is, right? And it's just like, what is my goal? What is my dream? That first one, then that second one, and then the next thing you notice, it's like, fuck, I'm just one chunk away to that dreamer, that yep. goal, right? Yep. And so it's like, yes, have big dreams, but be realistic, right? Um, and so, but that 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 story that you just shared, you're walking, you know, fuck, go get under is that, that light, and then all of a sudden, sit down, right? Is that crazy? It is fucking nuts because at that moment, everything changed, uh-huh. right? Um, it didn't change overnight, right? The next day you threw your board. Or two days later, you threw your board, right? But that's where you started looking at life differently for the next, you know, five years or 10 okay. years, right? Um, going through that process, right? You know, uh, you you hold on to that story. I'm sure this is not the first time you've ever told that story. What is it? Why is it that, like... like that moment, you can look back at change. What do you think happened right there? Was it, you know, God? Was it, you know, an epiphany? Or was it just the God?
2: God is like, just conscious of your actions now.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm a like, uh, yes, to me, I think it was God. Okay. I uh, it. You know, f- for how I view life, anything I ever do that is great, I think it's because of Him. Yeah. And everything I do crappy, that's usually because of me. <laughs> uh, but o- honestly, ha- how that moment happened, uh, I couldn't have done that. I didn't have the clarity. Uh, there was nothing about me that could produce that type of result. Couldn't have happened. Yeah. Uh, and so experiencing it and then experiencing the change that happened, like, dude, like I'm, I'm a pretty strong dude. I don't think I'm that strong.
1: That's amazing, man, because I'd asked you if you were on mushrooms, and you said no, right? I could have understood if you were on mushrooms because mushrooms uh, really help deflate the ego. They push yeah. a lot of things forward, and it's uh, changed a lot of things in my life, and I attribute uh, the man I am today for a lot of reasons, but if I was going to break it into three reasons, one of them would be psychedelics as an adult, a hundred percent. If you listen to this podcast, you've heard me share the story, everything from not killing myself to changing my life, to fucking becoming who I am uh, now as a human being. Um, That, that being said, you know, for you, if man, if you believe in God, you don't believe in God, that doesn't matter whatever happened at that moment was so beautiful. And, 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 and for me, I I don't know, like, I don't know what happens after this. Right. But there is something that is far greater than us that I could ever imagine. And you know what, if that is God, if that is, uh, an alien, a simulation, whatever the fuck it is, you have to respect that. Mm. And you have to respect, um, I guess for for the people that don't believe, you still should respect the ones that do believe. Because I'm a big believer uh that it doesn't matter what you believe in. I said this earlier, it doesn't matter what the fuck you believe in. It matters who you are as a person, right? But what happened at that moment, right? That is straight out of a fucking movie. <laughs> it is straight out of a movie. Yeah. And and it is very godlike. Yeah and it is very beautiful to hear it was how, moving mm. i'm sorry to cut you off. no yeah mm. how dare you no no I'm, it, but seriously it right it
2: was moving you literally like like teared up eyes like mm. yeah and it's a beautiful it. like it's everything beautiful. that you talk anything that you speak about <laughs> the the passion and like the aura that you give off like we just Feel it. I don't know if, if you are bro, but like literally, like this I guy is like feeling. No,
1: I don't feel it. No, I don't feel it. No, no, but it's 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 uh it, it's a really important time. <laughs> he knows I'm just fucking with him. You know what's funny is real quick. Side note is my uh my my editor was like Brock. I know you're fucking with him. Like or like you or Daniel. He goes, I know you're fucking with him, but I'm telling you, sometimes people listening, they might not think that you're fucking with them. <laughs> and I'm like, shit, man. And as I said that, I was fucking with you, right? I was like, oh, shit, I did it again. I've been so good. And he knows I'm just a sarcastic fuck. Come
2: on, but like you were saying, find (laughs) that silver lining. My creation is sunshine and lollipops. It
1: (laughs) is. It is sunshine and lollipops. If you go to,
2: you know, shout out to Kaiser, (laughs) never mind. Uh, If you go to like the hospitals that (laughs) I've worked at, you say sunshine and lollipops, they'll ask you, how do you know me? Uh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. It's a beautiful thing. because that's what you're creating Mm -hmm. and you're seeing that there's a silver lining Mm -hmm. to everything. Yeah, There's always a positive in it. You Mm -hmm. just got to look for it. That's right. That's right. Just have to. And people come to the hospital, they feel like shit. They Mm -hmm. don't want to meet some dickhead robotic dude. No, you got me at the end of your bed coming to pick you up and saying, hi, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing like shit. Well, I'm sunshine and lollipops. And that old man that's bitter to every nurse that everybody's like Mm -hmm. He smiles. That's right.
1: Yeah.
0: That's right. That's big. That is. Yep.
1: Um, All right, back
2: to you, though, bud. <laughs> I, I like love that. that. Sun,
0: sun, shine,
1: sunshine. Sunshine
2: and lollipops. And lollipops. So Anybody and lollipops. ask you, how are you doing today? Sunshine sunshine I am sunshine and lollipops. and lollipops.
1: And then his other one is uh, bring it in. Bring it in. What, bring tits and ass.
3: Tits, tits. and ass. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> there go. There go. New one. This like,
2: one for, for this moment. Put them together. Never above you. Never below
1: you, always beside you. Oh, I like that. I thought it was always inside you. But not inside you. Oh. Either way. I like this relationship. You gotta got to okay? buy me dinner first before that, okay? Remember, you got to buy me dinner. Yeah, I've done this dude for how long? Uh, you
2: walked into my life about five years ago when you cut my son's hair. Yeah. My so son crazy, was two right? years old, and I'll literally, I'll show you the picture he looks stunning. Oh, uh, f- <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. And to, to the fact that he did this on a two-year-old kid just blew your mind even more. Mm. I literally would not let anybody touch my hair besides <laughs> him. Oh, uh, that's good. Only one time. Thank you. The man, you
1: know, he cheats, but he never cheats on his barber. There it, ah! there it is. There it is. No, but facts, man. Uh, I love that, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but but to to bring it back to you know that that point in your life right mm. um is beautiful. But you, what you did say though is like it was good for five years and then you didn't become a pro, right? Mm. First off, I guess I have two questions, right? Before we get to that part, how you, how does one become a pro? That's like, a good question. Uh, is there a card? Is there a plaque? No, is there a gold it's, medal or so. Know. What
0: the technical. Really, the reality is it's when somebody sells product with your name on it. That's pretty much what it means. Uh, in skateboarding, though, it's the board company that decides it. So once a board company says, I'm going to sell a board with your name on it, they say, you're pro now.
1: That's basically what it is. Do they literally say, okay, you're a professional now, or they just say, we're going to do a board with you?
0: No, it's a big thing. Well, it's it's less of a big thing now, but it was a big deal. Like There's like back a back. big release, there's a pro party uh yeah, so it was a pretty special thing. Do you
1: feel like kids today are shortchanged on that shit? Like, it, well, it's just
0: so I convenient. think I think so, but you know, it's a different time now, right? I think for us, like, we live in this moment, and that moment is special for us based on all the things that we were able to experience. And then anything that changes, we view the next thing as, well, you didn't get to enjoy it like we did.
3: Yeah, always. You know,
0: but it's like, dude, it goes back to like we were meant to do the thing that we're doing in this moment and the new generation was meant for this moment, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So uh, I don't think they think they're missing out on anything. No. But through our perspective, hell
1: yeah, they're You're like, out. yeah, 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 but that, yeah, it just like goes back to that point. It's like, back we're in, the OGs uh, now, yeah, though. It's yeah. like, yeah. dude,
0: you guys are missing out on like VHS.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm saying like, like this social media
0: stuff's crap. Yeah. You know, it's like that's just how it
2: they're goes. like. Oh, it's
3: no.
0: draining, yeah. and that's all that it says. It's just yeah. a fixation yeah. now. Yeah. You're like, yeah. you guys like you we don't get like, like, to like open and and read a magazine. No, you guys swipe on you the just phone. This is whack. But they're like, no, dude. Why am I gonna buy? A piece of paper. That's a, why would I do that? They'd have, to I have to throw it away.
1: may. I mean, come on. Like you know, I, I don't know. I'm a huge believer in Bitcoin, right? And it's like a whole bunch of people were saying that shit, son. Ooh, right. And That's I've been good. investing in it for years now, and I've been just like, you know. And it's I don't know, like it thirty, I, it's a hit,
0: 30, 40, 000, 40, 40,
1: 40, 40, 40, Um, you know, and Ethereum is almost at all time highs as Jeez. well. So it's like it's like crazy, man. But it's you know, a lot of times the older generation right uh we we i guess we'd be the old generation now get so stuck on like well this was great this was awesome and yes you're absolutely right opening that vhs opening the fucking magazine fucking brilliant you know it's just so brilliant it's just different right that's that's all it is right you know and are they missing out on something probably for sure sure. right but to them it doesn't matter you know um it's like next so um you know Before you decided to retire, right, um, had you been a dad yet? Were you a dad at that point? Yeah, two kids at that point. So you had two kids at that point. How Mm. old were you? Oh, 30, 30, I remember. No, 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 I was 34. When you had your first kid?
0: Oh, 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 when I retired. Uh, When I had my first kid, I was 30. Yeah, I I
1: was just speaking out of context, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I do that often, my wife. Yep. Kills me for it all
3: the time. (laughs) You (laughs) you can't read my fucking mind. Like seriously,
1: you didn't
2: see that. You didn't hear it
1: already. Like, fuck. Um, okay. So, but you were 30 years old. Uh, when, when you had your first kid, you were, you were already, you were skating, right? Uh, Obviously you were skating. You Mm -hmm. were pro. Um, four years later, you decided to retire. What goes through a man's head that has been a professional Mm -hmm. skateboarder for a decade plus like That, yeah I, I don't know man I just any any sport right it, to the decision to retire is is hard so it was made easy for me I like that
0: Um uh I had had surgery on my leg uh December of 16 Uh I got a call February 1st of 17 uh and my sponsors let me go And so uh, they let me go early too. I had a contract for longer than that. So I was, I was, I planned the surgery with them. It's like, hey, should I do this now? And then I'll write out the, they're like, yeah, do it now. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. basically I got a call when I was on the couch. I couldn't even walk at this point, crutches. And basically all my sponsors, all my income went away just on that one call. And so uh, the decision that I had to make uh, was okay. Here's my options. I could, you know, get all, done with all my PT, get back to skating, get to a hundred percent, which is probably ten to twelve months out. Then I could try to get more sponsors, and then if I get more sponsors, maybe that's a two year deal, maybe maybe three years. Uh, or this is the moment where I start building the next thing, wow. and so the way I looked at it and why I made the decision was I am going to go through a lot of risk to only delay the inevitable. And so I don't, I didn't even know if I could get sponsored. And so I kind of just started reaching out to people before I was back skating, like, Hey, I lost my sponsors. Are you interested? Is this interested? Do nobody want anything to do with me? And so I was like, okay, this is it for me. Wow. And then that became the process. So what I'm, Dude, it, it, it sucked in the moment. It, it was the worst feeling of my life in the moment. Uh, I am incredibly blessed that they did what they did because if it was up to me to retire, I would have stretched it out too long, for sure.
1: Isn't that crazy, right? In the moment in life, when you go through fucking crazy things like that, right? It seems terrible. It seems like the worst thing ever, man. That's right. But you look at it from the outset and you're like, mm-hmm. nope, that's probably the best thing that ever happened to me, right? Uh but still in a nutshell it's shitty and bullshit man that they fucking did that but uh it,
3: it goes back
1: it, dude it goes back to the tunnels
0: right yeah.
1: when it happened
0: it was the worst yeah. worst pain I've ever experienced darkest moment in my life the worst yeah right now I am so thankful for that moment that was maybe it will go down as the biggest blessing that happened in my life so it's like Y- you know what I'm saying? You, y- y- if you get through those moments, they become blessings. Dude. If you give up, they become catastrophic. A
2: hundred dude. hardships. A hundred, if you just hundred give up percent. On it, that's your hardship. That's right. Yes. Yes. That's right. Yes. So it's like,
0: if you think about it, man, it's like, it's our choice to make the good things bad, or it's our choice to make the bad things bad. Yeah. It's all our choice. So it's like, that was the, dude, when I tell the story, I've never had anyone go, damn, that's pretty cool. Every single person has the same, same response you have. That's whack. It was whack. It was whack, right? No. How does something whack turn into a blessing, the biggest blessing of yeah. my life? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You. So it, you just, you know, it, the good thing about it is I had a friend that was like, dude, in the moment, he's like, dude, I know this sucks. I know this hurts. You will look back at this moment and will be thankful for it. I promise you. I don't know if it's going to be two years from now. I don't know if it's going to be ten, but you will be thankful for this moment. And I just remember hearing that going, okay, that will be my situation. That will be my situation. How many years? It took me, it took me about a year until I was like, okay, I know I, I know that this is going to be a blessing. It took me three years to where I'm like incredibly thankful for it. Like I look at it as a positive and not a negative,
1: you know? Dude, I totally, totally understand.
0: But it it took, time. it took time. It It took time and
2: you had a good support system too.
1: Dude, how's this one though? This is the
0: crazy part, right? I had already built, like I already made that change. We were talking about 10 years prior. Yeah. Right. I had a 10 year run of working on my outlook. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. My, my attitude, right? Like that's another, we're going to talk about that in a second. I had already built up this, this discipline of like, I can get through anything. Right. And even that brought me to my knees,
1: you know, because it's, it's everything you've done. It's everything you've worked for. It's, I mean, dude, ever since you were a little kid. Yeah. Right. It's like, it's, it's the end. You think Kobe Bryant, when he fucking retired, Michael Jordan, when he retired, like you'd think any of the fucking greats, right. When they retire, like they know, right. right. The, like, so, it's fucking terrible. That's man. right.
0: So, what you just touched on, right? It's like, I got to a point where, like, I knew I had a skill to succeed after a skateboard. Dude, when this happened, we had already sold St. Archer. Jesus. I'd already, I would already, I, we had already exited a business, right? I'm financially free. I know that I can create business. I was still devastated.
2: Isn't that crazy? Right? It's still a hurt, devastated. It's a, a hit to the ego in a sense. It's a hit to the ego. It's
0: still, you're like, right. It'll, it'll hurt you're right. you. Well, yeah so it went beyond ego though originally i thought it was just ego that they hit it was ego, was identity it was purpose there was so much it was all the key elements that drive us as people forward were challenged
2: yeah (laughs) the way that we're chemically made is to have a purpose i agree with you when men don't have a purpose that is when we fall that's when we crumble and that was a moment, I feel that's what you're saying, but then you had your friend like, hey,
0: yeah, no matter what you look at this, this is fucked. So I got a question for you. And I totally agree with you. <clears throat> so everyone has a purpose and everyone needs a purpose, right? Correct. W- would you agree that purpose is defined by why you are here? Why yes. are you here on this planet? Yes. Right. 100%. So if we all need purpose, purpose is the thing that drives us. The question we have to answer is, why am I here now? Out of all the people on this planet, how many, how many people do you think have actually answered that question?
1: 5%?
0: Yeah, I agree. The most, Honestly. Impo- the most important question we all have
1: to answer is people, and most of us don't ever answer it. No. Dude, 100%. So, so what's t- your story then? <laughs> it's, to bring it back to your story. Wait, to
0: you truth, it's it's uh, how I hear it, and to my purpose, you are using the gifts God gave you in the way you should be using them, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. All of your talents and skills, you are doing the right thing to to use them for the greater good, right? Correct. Uh, that That became the big change in me where... Uh, when I was skating, my identity was pro skateboarder. Yeah. My purpose was to skateboard. That was them, right? Yeah. Well, it just so happens those are two things that can go away. Very much. So now my purpose and identity is gone. And so basically what happened when my career ended, uh, I had everything going for me. I had every reason to be happy, and I was lost. It was just like, I know I have talents. Like we talked about this. I knew I had talents. I knew I had skills. I didn't even know where to apply them. It was just dark, right? But I didn't realize what was going on. I didn't realize that the identity and purpose was being challenged. And so the only thing I felt was like, I'm not myself. Like, I'm not Mikey. How do I get back to me? And so what I kind of, you know, came up with was I need to start a new company and that new company is going to be the thing I do. And so DC kicked me off. My revenge is going to be: I'm going to start a shoe company, <laughs> right? And I'm going to kill them with success. And yeah. I'm going to be Mikey Taylor, the, the owner of this shoe brand. I'm going to feel like me again and be confident, right?
3: Yeah.
0: So I'm like, all right, this is what I do. So <laughs> <laughs> that intro laugh, right? You just so, know. So I, you know, I, I, we build the business plan, we build the deck, we design the shoes, we get samples from China and i'm looking at these things going what am i doing what am i doing i don't care about shoes why am i doing a shoe company why am i doing this to get revenge because i'm bitter you know what i'm saying and it was like no i'm doing this to try to feel like myself again and so like in that moment i was like i can't i, I can't i can't do this like i can't like what am i supposed to do what is going on and uh basically what what I had to answer was, who am I and why am I here? Identity and purpose. And I hadn't truly answered that before. And so uh, I got to the point where I was like, I will never put my identity and purpose in something that could be taken from me, ever. And so that moment is actually what brought me back to faith, where you know, I grew up, we grew up nothing, not believing in anything, uh, we celebrate Christmas because we celebrate Christmas. Uh, I had a friend that that invited me to go to some camp in Hume Lake. Uh, I go, I go with him. I end up like you know hearing about God and hearing about Jesus. Like I'm about this. This is why we celebrate Christmas, you know. Yeah. And so that was kind of my early childhood. Then I started skateboarding. Then I just kind of go away from it. And kind of in this moment, I was like, Why, why am I here? Why am I here? And in that, I basically looked up on my knees and went, can you help me? Can, can you get me out of this mess? You know, and like in that moment, all I heard was, you need to put your faith in me. I am the reason you're here. Why aren't you living the life I want you to live? And so that turned into, okay, my purpose is to glorify God with all the talents he gave me to live the life that he wanted me to be in in this moment and and one thing i heard actually after i i kind of had this this moment uh do you have you guys heard of ed Milet? No. so this guy ed Milet, right i hear him on this podcast he's like a you know 60 year old savage dude this dude looks like a fucking savage he's 60 he's a savage yeah he's a savage that's a gorgeous man yeah 60 60? he's a savage uh like dude gnarly entrepreneur uh, wow. right. So I'm listening to his story. I'm listening to his voice. I'm like, oh yeah. yeah, he's got a good body of that voice. <laughs> and somebody goes, What is your view of life? Why do you why do you strive to be great? Right? And he gave the most perfect explanation and I felt like it was what I was trying to say, <laughs> right? He was like, Look, I think when we die, we get to see the person that we were supposed to be. Right, and I am terrified to see that person and look nothing like him. So my goal is to look as identical to that person as possible when I die. And I was like, "That is so well said." And I think that's exactly what I came to the realization. Right? It was Uh I was given these gifts for a reason, and I need to use them. Because if I was given them and I'm not using them, I'm not living my purpose, right? For example, you have a cup. That cup's yeah. purpose is to hold water. Yeah. If the cup doesn't hold water, it's not living its purpose, no. right? Correct. So first, you have to find out what the purpose is. Once you know the purpose, then you can know if you're doing it well. And so that was a big change in my life. And then from that, from that moment on, uh, everything changed for me. my relationship with my wife changed, my relationship with my kids changed, how I viewed business, how I built business, all of it
1: changed. It's so crazy to hear because, you know, something I've heard is like an ongoing theme in your life. There are these pivotal moments in your life that have shifted the course. Yes. And you're able to self-reflect at these moments Because it's just something about you, Mikey, that it it, it makes you a better person. And you're constantly striving for that next level, that next tunnel, whatever the fuck it is. But it is beautiful. It's everything from the light pole, right? Sitting on a light pole to this moment right right now, right? right? So at this moment, how old are you? When you're first time you heard? 35. 35, so not that long ago. It's three and a half years ago. When you look back at your life, Three and a half years ago, Mikey back then to Mikey today.
0: How different is it?
1: Is there a change?
0: My wife would say, you don't even look like the same person. <laughs> for sure. Like you said, some, you said something. I live my life for others, right? I was the opposite. Live my life for myself. Incredibly selfish, right? Yeah. I like the, the, the thing with my wife. Know my wife since we were 15. Start dating at 22 get married at 27, have our first kid at 30, right? Uh, I was incredibly obsessed with skateboarding, incredibly focused with skateboarding. Skateboarding came first above all. Uh, She came second when I even had time to give that to her, right? We get married, we have kids. uh, I'm gone. I'm gone six months of the year. I missed my daughter walking for the first time. The whole whole thing that you hear with athletes, right? My career ends and- my relationship with my wife is on the verge of ending. I have no real relationship with my kids, right? They call me dad, but like, I wasn't a leader to them. And it was bad. It was really bad. And so I would say the biggest change that happened in the last three years is, is shown through my relationship with my wife and my relationship with my kids. And, and that all needed to happen in that moment of me going, "What am I doing here?" Yeah, you know. And you touched on it. It's like accepting that there's something bigger than us. Yeah. Right. If you don't believe that there's something bigger than us, it makes it very hard for you to have these moments where you go, "I need to change." Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. hundred uh, uh, percent. Thank you for this moment. Right. Right. For real.
2: No,
1: it's it's, thank it's you really for
0: important this moment. It's, so. So that's Continue. that's 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 uh that's what happened uh and dude I dude I feel it in my life too like you know th- there's times where I
1: you want not have it uh
0: there, I'm okay there's times in my life where like I go right back to the old me well I'm like dang that sounded like I did five years ago <laughs> you know even my wife like dude this this happened yesterday yeah. right my wife goes what's your plan tomorrow I pull up my schedule and I go. Boom, 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 boom. And she goes, oh, I, I have a thing tonight. And I was like, sorry, yeah. I'm not around. Yeah. And she's like, I feel like we're just like peasants and you're like, well, why would you say it that way? You know. And I was like, babe, I can't be home with the kids. I'm yeah. doing this. Sorry, yeah. it was in the calendar, right? 100%. And she's like, it's not about that but how are you talking? You're talking to me like you use it. I was like,
3: ah,
1: ah
3: dang it. Ha, 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 ha.
1: You know? And so like, I, dude, I had to sleep on that. And then I yeah. woke up and I had to tell her, you know what? I messed up. And you're talking about it, right? You're talking about it for the whole world to fucking hear. Yeah. And I think that is so important. It's something, you know, when I started the podcast, it, I was like, I'm going to be fucking honest. I'm going to be brutally honest, right. right? With whatever is going on in my life in the past and today. Right? right. Because when you have that ability to, you know, say, all right, l- look at it, whatever the fuck the situation is, sleep on it, wake up and go, fuck man, I was wrong. Yeah. I was fucking wrong. Right. And then have the ability to tell everyone, yep. literally, you learn from these yeah. situations. Mm. And, mm. and I, I talk about this so fucking much, whatever the hell is going on in my life, especially like if you ask my wife, the same thing, am I the same person is Brock Goldberg, the same person three years ago as he is today. Fuck no. Yeah. It's good. It's good. More than good. Like light years. Good. It's good. You know, and, and it's just, it's such a beautiful thing and a beautiful thing to hear someone else right yeah, because right. we're not the only ones that's right we're not
0: that's right it just reminded me of something that i think is valuable for anyone out there that's married or gonna get married uh when this moment in our relationship happened it, we had been married seven years uh it was miserable right miserable fighting all the time like i remember even saying like do you even want to be with me right it was that bad
3: yeah
0: and so you know, out of desperation, she goes, we need to go on a marriage retreat. Like, we need a break. I'm like, all right. So we go to this marriage retreat. We like, listen to this guy talk about the five love languages. Starts talking about seasons, right? And that was a big move for us to go, okay, we really need to start working on this. We start going to counseling. Start making steps at improving, right? So we went from basically winter. Our relationship's brutal. Worst it's ever been. Then all of a sudden, we start moving into like a spring, you know? And it was like, wow, this is getting a lot better. Year and a half later, we're in summer. We're thriving. Best our relationship's ever been, right? And so it wasn't that, oh my gosh, this is the best our relationship's ever been. It was the realization for us that we went, thank God we worked through this moment of trial because now we're experiencing something totally new and there's more depth to our relationship, right? Yes, The second thing is, and it's like what we talked about with the tunnels, when you experience pushing through hard times and the blessing it produces, it gave us so much more confidence for the next moment that we're in winter, Yeah, right? The next time we're in our relationship and it's brutal, now we know, you know what? Yes, this sucks right now and we need to work on it. Yeah. And we need to get through it. And then we're going to get hit with another blessing. Yes. And then we're going to even be even better, you know? So it's, uh, that was a huge takeaway. So yeah. anyone in a relationship, I would really encourage you. Uh, there's going to be times where it's really hard. There's going to be times where you start looking around going, is it? it is it better out there with somebody else? Through my experience, oh, I, I couldn't imagine starting over now because I've gone through enough trials where our relationship is just getting deeper, Dude. You know, like I tell her all the time, like I told her this the other night, I was like, babe, when we first started dating, we started talking about marriage, it scared me, right? I was like, am I still going to love you 20 years from now? Am I still going to be attracted to you 20 years from now, right? We're, we've are we been married 10 years, we dated for five before the house, we've been together 15 years, and we've known each other, what, seven years before that, Right. I love her more today and am more attracted to her today than I've ever been in my whole life, right? Yes. And that is because we've worked through the tough times
1: to build something stronger. Dude, I cannot tell you how much like your story right now means to me, man. Um, My wife and I, we've been together for 17 years. Oh, there you go. You you feel it more than I (laughs) am. We... (laughs) we've been together. She was 15. I was 17. Yeah. You know it more than me. I have taken her through a ride (laughs) like not many will. Same thing. Right. Um, And for me, for us, after being together for 17 years, going on 18 years, I love her more today than I ever fucking have. That's right. And what I can say is that for the first fucking 12 years, 13, 14, fuck, 14 probably years of my life with her, right? She was second.
3: Mm, that's she right. She was
1: second. And it wasn't until the past few years, that everything changed. That's right. And my whole life changed, mm. man. And every I, I could not be the man that I am today if I did not have a solid woman that fucking backed me, I did not realize it right. for so long. Yeah, And it's like, I've evolved and changed and she's grown as well. It's just, it's such a, it's such a beautiful thing to hear other mm. people go through the same thing and That's talk right. about it, man, right. because it's not something that we hear all the time. That's right. Right? <clears throat> That's right. You know, man, looking back at your own personal story, right? I hear that you your 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 folks, I right? your wife, your kids, they play such a strong pivotal role. And and that is so important. What is it when you look back at that that shift when you started getting more into the business side of things mm. that really drove you as a person? You know, you have this this strong support system, right? You know, friends, loved ones, family. But what drives Mikey Taylor? Like, what, what, what drives you? That's
0: a good question. Um, there's a few things, uh, and they show up in different areas. Uh, at the core of it, and I know this now because I did this like the most psychotic personality test, <laughs> right? Uh, and As a quick story, Rob Deardick, right? Yeah. He used to be a pro skateboarder, then he became a reality star. Uh, now he has a Uh, venture fund, right? And so I'm really good friends with one of his partners and the president of the fund. And I'm with him. He's like, dude, I just took the craziest personality test that freaked me out because the test knew more about me than I knew about myself. And I was like, I want that test. Like, I was like, I want that (laughs) test, right? And so he's like, I'll see what I can do (laughs) because they only offer for big corporations, right? Oh, shit. So they basically snuck me into like their corporation. I get to take the test, right? It's an hour test. I have a two hour debrief with somebody about my personality. I get like a 40 page, you know, breakdown of it. psycho, right? Shit. The big takeaway for me, and I knew it, but I just never like thought about it or, 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 you know, seeing it in words change everything. I, really enjoy a challenge. And the second I'm not challenged, I lose interest. Yep. Right. I get that. And what's so fascinating is before skateboarding, I would get super into things and then I would just get super out of them. Right. The thing about skateboarding, which I never understood is I was obsessed with it from the beginning to the end. And hearing that, this personality test, I was like, I now get it because skateboarding was so hard that it took me 25 years of trying to master it and I never could. Right. So I I say that I know there's a part of me that wants to figure things out. And when I can't figure them out, I apply more action or more energy, more effort. Right. Uh, in the business, in the business realm, uh, that's a majority of it for me right now. It's, uh, this is very new. It, 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 for what I'm doing right now, this is very new than what I've done in the past on the business side. Yeah. And so I love how challenging it is. And I love that, like, I don't know how far I can take it, right? Like with skateboarding, uh, I hit the ceiling. I went as high as you could go as a skateboarder, bounced off the ceiling and and never wanted to feel that again. And so I was like, dude, the next thing I do, I don't even know I don't even want to know where the ceiling is. I want it to be so high I can never get there. Yeah. With what I'm doing now, that's the case. Yeah. So there is a drive there on me for me. There's another element too, where uh, I feel like I've been put in the position I'm in to be the example for others that they can achieve as well, yeah. right? And I say that because, like. I'm not supposed to be where I'm at right now. Pro skateboarder's are not supposed to be in private equity. Like the 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 meetings I'm in right now, dude. A lot of times I sit in this meeting going, "How the hell did I get here?" Yeah, right. And so I understand the feeling. And so I want to show other skateboarders that if some kid from Newbury Park that graduated high school that was a pro skateboarder can build a billion dollar real estate fund, then you can do anything. You can right? do anything. So, uh, that is definitely a big driver for me. I, I want to prove to my community that if somebody like me can do it, then anyone can, you know? So that's a big driver right there. I don't
1: know if I can say anything else, man. I appreciate that. No, <laughs> I can drop the mic right fucking there. I, I think that. he just dropped the mic. I appreciate ah, that. So that's a big, that's a big driver for
0: me. Uh, for sure. And, and dude, look, this is a challenge for skaters, right? A lot of skaters, their career ends, and then they don't do anything great after that, right? And it's not because they don't have the talent or the skills. Like I think if you're a skater, you have everything you need to just destroy it after skateboarding, right? The problem is, is it's up here. Like for whatever reason, like skaters are really challenged with believing that they can go succeed outside of skateboarding. And I get that because I, I was scared of it as well, right? Now I know that like, dude, we are built- with a strategic advantage upon everybody, right? Yeah. To have a resilience built in you, like skateboarding gives you, you don't get that anywhere else. Okay. To have the outlook that the world is different than what we see it, right? Now all of a sudden that's that's creative problem solving. That's introducing a product in a different way than everyone's Critical looking. Critical thinking Boom. skills. Right. It's massive. So you mix, I will not stop at anything, and you can punch me in the face 4,000 times, I'm not stopping. That's what you build with skateboarding, right? You could apply that to anything, you're going to win. And then you add all these other talents, you can do it, right? But skateboarders don't do it. And so I know with me, like people that know me, right? Like, I'm not brilliant, right? There's nothing like, there's no advantage I have at least with my brain than others and so i really do believe like if if people from my community can watch me like get up there then they're gonna go holy crap if mikey did it
1: yeah then i can do it. we
0: got this you know like it's one thing like you're somebody like elon yeah right well shit man like elon <laughs> is like
1: real brilliant you know what yeah. i'm saying
0: like rodney mullen yeah rodney mullen, Mullen's he's brilliant right he's just
1: right? fucking brilliant
0: that's right like dude my community knows like yeah it's just mikey yeah, yeah. so like that that's that's what i'm out to do if like, my Mike- average joe Seriously, uh, at least from a, from a oh man, from an ability standpoint,
1: right? Uh, You don't think so? No, not at all. You? Mm -hmm. No, not at all, man. I mean, I I think that you are way more than an average, Joe. No,
0: no, 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 that's not what I mean. That's not what I mean. The thing that separates me from the average is my belief system. Oh, of course. Yeah, 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 sorry. Right? Yeah. What I'm saying is what I have... Yeah. That has allowed me to be successful and will continue to allow me to be successful. Yeah, anyone can have. Yes, that's my. Yes, yes. that's my point. Yeah, yes. sorry, sorry. That was but, well put. Yes. 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 yes, yes,
1: yes. That is a fact, man. Yes. Anyone can have. Most don't.
0: And that's why I brought up Elon, right? Yeah. Like, look, I'm a big believer in, in mental strength. Yes. I will not be Elon. No, dude. He right? was born. He's an outlier.
1: Fucking, he's an outlier.
0: Exactly. But yes. for the bros or the boys. Yes. Like, yeah. Yes, yeah. dude. You Bro, guys-
1: you remind me of my boys. Jeff Oborn, Eric Muschenheim. Like, you are my fucking, like, I look at you. Yeah. And it's like, all I all I see is fucking Oborn and Muschenheim. And they're going to fucking be listening to the shit, laughing their ass off. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's straight up crazy. But once again. That's right if you can do it, why like can't anyone? That's right. That's
0: right. And so, I love that motto. Right? That's right. That's right.
1: So that's, that's a big driver. No, that that's is, that is a huge driver. Right. And that's what continues to push you. And that's what has continued to push you.
0: And I think the thing too, like to, and I'm going to say this, like almost to encourage myself, truthfully. Good. love. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, self motivation. Uh, look, you hear that and you go, Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Like this dude just doing it. Right. <laughs> there's still so much challenge in it, right? Like like my community, skateboard community, they don't like what I'm doing. Like I, I get way more uh, pushback than I get, you're doing it big dog, you're a great example. So what I do want to say is this is why I'm doing it. That doesn't mean that people are going to support you in the moment. You have to hang on to the vision and the purpose though because it'll, it'll you'll get to a point where people will then see it and then be thankful for it, and I'm—I I do believe that that's going to happen. But, dude, I, I'm not there yet. I, what I is know. it?
1: What is it about what you are doing? Because from the outset, like what you're doing doesn't sound—it sounds smart.
0: Well, <laughs> there's a lot to it. Um, one, I think there's just like the overall taboo that you don't talk about money. That goes beyond skateboarding. Right? Yeah, you're just not supposed to talk about money. Yeah, but. I get it, but it's still there, man. I get it. It it is. I get it. It's still there in the skate community. It's all the way there, and I say that because when I was skateboarding, like, dude, I had I had Randy, who was my mentor, that like built this like strategic plan and this way to look strategically on how to bring my how to put myself in a better situation. Right? I could never say that to any other skater except for P. Rod and Sean Malto. That was it. That's crazy. Because everybody else would look at me and go, "Dog, you're just in it for the money." And that was super negative in skateboarding, right? It's like that punk rock. That's yeah, right. Yeah, it's yeah, fun, yeah, it's yeah, punk rock, right? Punk and I get, yeah, yeah. So, I get it. So like there's it. that. And then there's like, I don't think skaters truly understand what I'm doing. Yeah. You know? Uh, and like, dude, something that's happening right now, which is so interesting. I make this decision that I'm going to just like start basically putting out content that's about finance.
1: Yeah. I love it. This
0: was three years ago, three and a half years ago. And dude, it was shocking to a lot of people. Like, what the hell are you doing? What do you know about money? Right? Oh. And then like, dude, I, I just push through the just punches, right? For two years, two and a half years. And then all of a sudden I see this shift where like I would post a skate clip and that would get less engagement than when I posted a clip of me talking about money. I was like, holy crap, it's happening, yep. right? It's happening. I saw that. Right? Yeah. And then what's interesting is, you know, Instagram has its algorithm and they only put out so much content to so many people. Well, then all of a sudden TikTok hits. And then Instagram does Instagram Reels, right? And they start putting gas on the Reels because they want you to use Reels and not TikTok. I'm like, okay, I'm going to put my TikToks on Instagram Reels then. And all of a sudden they start (laughs) going bonkers, right? And now this happened in the last month. I have people that have been following me for the last four years and I'm getting comments. What the hell are you talking about money for? Why aren't you skating, right? What? And I'm like, big dog, where have you been? Why? I've been talking about this for four years. They're like, wait, you're retired? What the hell's... Dude, that is my month, which is crazy, right? So like, dude, I still have a lot of people out there that like still think I'm a pro skateboarder.
2: Still think of you as Mikey. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah. Wow. And
0: then the other thing too, like, dude, I get hit up all the time. Like, hey, dude, like, so what, you sell real estate? Or like, (laughs) Uh what do you do? Like, I I don't know if people totally uh, understand what I do.
1: All right, for people listening, explain to them.
0: So I started and run a private equity fund. It's now three funds, three different portfolios. And so what that means is uh, similar to like a mutual fund or an index fund, you have a fund, and when you invest in that fund, you're investing in a whole bunch of different companies, right? Well, in real estate, it's kind of the same structure. You have a fund. Inside that fund, you own a bunch of different assets in real estate. Let's say apartment buildings And then the valuation of those apartment buildings reflect the share price, right? So you invest into the fund. We then take that capital. We deploy it into the real estate market. We go and add value to these projects. We hit a certain return. Then we pay you a return for allowing us to use your money. And then we get to participate in some of the profits as well, right? And so, uh, you know, they're like, "Uh, oh, Okay. (laughs) You know what I'm saying, and so uh, there's that part of it. Uh, and dude, a lot of them, like, dude, a lot of skaters don't know about investing. They don't know about the stock market. They don't. Th- this is really foreign to them, you know. So they hear me talking about like, okay, you're talking about compound interest, okay, but like, what are you doing? Like, are you like a guru? Like, what is the deal?
2: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's so supposed to be a title to it, yeah. Maybe what you're saying maybe like, there, well, there has to be a classification, okay. You're a pro skater. You're no longer a pro skater. Yeah, so what are you ne- So yeah. are you now a
0: financial guru? Yeah, exactly. So basically no, you- what I think that means is I'm doing maybe a poor job telling people what I am. <laughs> 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 you know, maybe, but it's such maybe a weird that- story. Like even my wife gets on me about this. <laughs> how, how, how's our time? You guys good? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Even my wife gets on me about this. She's like, you know, people go, so what do you do? People that I meet. So what do you do? And like, dude, I still struggle answering it. I'm like, oh man, do I say that I was a pro skateboarder? Do I say I'm an entrepreneur? Do I say I'm in private equity? Do I say I'm in real (laughs) estate? You know? And so like, sometimes I'll just be like, I'm in real estate, right? My wife will hit me. Why do you say that? I'm like, well, like, am I going to explain what I do? Like, and I'm like, okay, I'm in private equity. And they're like, same response, right? And so like, finally, like, she's like, my wife, she's, I mean, she's brilliant. She goes, look, this is what you're going to say. I was a bro skateboarder. And then I became an entrepreneur. I started my own business. Uh was successful in one business. I ended up selling it. And now I started a private equity fund. And so I manage investors' money and we invest in commercial real estate. And I was like, okay, I could say that. Right now the beauty wow. of it is, is you know, they look at me and like yeah. I don't look like somebody from the private equity world, right? Yeah. And I say like, oh, as a pro skateboarder. And now I'm in private equity. And people go, wait, what? Like, yeah, what are you yeah. talking like, about? What do you, do you me mean? Like, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's actually like become a pretty like fun, like, oh, this is what I do. And then it's like, well, how does that work? And I was like, oh, well, this is how it
2: works. <laughs> you and your wife have created a game.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And what's funny is my wife is like the educated one, right? My wife was, you know, went to school, got her business degree, uh, graduated college, wanted to get into tier design, went to fit him, got her master's, started in tier design business. Like she was always the one where I was like, Fucking dude, driven. I leveled up. Yeah. I really, really leveled up. Right. And then now like she thinks it's so funny. Cause she's like, I can't believe you turned into the business one. Like <laughs> the skater next door, and me, we we're on totally different paths. And then all of a sudden, you start crossing over to my world. And, like, dude, we hire interior designers when we do apartment buildings, right? Like, she's like, my dream was to basically do a hotel. My dream was to develop a hotel. My, 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 uh, whatever it's called, senior project, whatever that is. I had to do that. I had to build it out on CAD. I did the whole thing, right? And she's like, you're actually doing that. Like, it's not a hotel, but you're doing that. And so I was yeah. like, you know what? I could see this. We will own a hotel together, yeah, and you're going to design it, and all of this is going to come together, and we're going to go wow! Yeah. Right? The problem is, I the hotel industry is not what we we do not do it. I don't have experience in it. Our experience is multifamily and storage. That's what we know. Hospitality and why I I I I don't want to get into it. It's because it's way more of an operation, way more of an operation. Right? So I say that because I wanna do something with my wife, uh, that's gonna probably be a personal thing <laughs> because uh, okay. I wanna do something with her where I don't really have to worry about hitting certain returns. I wanna do it for a passion project with her. Like a bed and Ooh, breakfast. That, beautiful. That's, that's right, but for, the, like, for what we do as a business, like, dude, we need to hit returns. Yeah. So I'm, we're way more, uh, we're, dude, we're all about the numbers. Uh, but something like the hotel, that's going to be a passion thing.
1: And let, let me, let me, let me ask you this, right? Mm-hmm. Like with everything going on in the, the economy right now, mm-hmm. what do you think is going to happen, man? Cause the stock market is flying fucking high, right? Yeah. Bitcoin's flying yeah. high. Like everything is just flying high mm-hmm. and it's just a bubble getting bigger and bigger and bigger. There is going to come a time where mm-hmm. it's going to blow, that's right? right. That's right. Uh, what, when, do you see that happening for seeing the future? Like what, where do you see everything going right now? Uh, or can you not answer? I don't know. I mean, the
0: only, look, the only thing I could answer with total certainty is yeah. there will be a correction. Yes. The thing I can answer with certainty as well is I don't know when it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, there's the thing that's interesting about this moment is we've never seen government involvement like we have right now. Yeah. You know like Warren said this like early on. He was like, dude, none of this is in the playbook. We've never seen government shut things down. Yeah. So, there's a part of me that's like, uh, maybe this is we're going into like new times that we've never seen before, and I don't know if I'm I, I'm going to be able to like predict the outcome because a lot of it is going to be based on government involvement on how we get out, right? Yeah. Uh but I will say this. Uh <sighs> dude, In times of uncertainty, that's where the greatest opportunity is. So what I've been programmed to see is when things appear bad, there's something really good in it. Uh, You just have to be looking for it and not become fearful. And now we move back to human behavior, right? Fear and greed kill everything. So in moments where things are good, like right now, yo, the greed is up. Yo, Bitcoin's going to hit 100, right? Yeah. It and, is. Then, and then when think it may, right. Yeah. Totally but may. it's
1: going to pull back to 20, right? But you like, you, you yeah. hear
0: what I'm saying, right? Yeah. When things are good, it's like, I want more, I want more, I yeah. want more. When something hits, it's all of a sudden, Oh my God, I'm gonna lose everything. I'm gonna lose everything. I'm gonna lose everything. That's what you need to remove always. So yeah. you need to remove that when times are good. You need to remove that when times are bad. Yes. So our perspective is when we look at a deal, uh, we are only getting into this deal if we believe that we can hold it and will be successful for the next 10 years, right? If it's a, okay, dude, this deal's only going to work if everything aligns and we got to get out of it in three, we don't do it. And so I guess with that said, we want deals that are going to be, be able to withstand a correction and we do more investing and less speculating as far as how we view it. So uh, that's my take on it.
1: I love that. No, yeah. I fucking another, another drop respect, mic dude. moment. <laughs> you guys, no, but, I, it made me feel good. Yes, oh my god! Oh my god! All right, all right, all right. No, but as as we start kind of as we start to wrap this up, man, as you look back at your life, right, mm. um, there have definitely been some pivotal moments that have transformed who you are. Mm. But if you could look back at one moment in your life that has truly made you the person you are today, could you answer that?
0: a good question if i had to go oh man if i had to pick one moment uh it would be the end of my career for right now for for the experience i've had that was the one moment that changed me the most um and uh there might be another moment where it it tops that but right now that would be it
1: i love that man because That old saying out of darkness comes light. That's right. Right. You know, born in the dark. Yes, yes, yes. Good. Um, but, (laughs) but it's so true, right? It's, it's so true. And you look at professional athletes, man. And, um, a lot of times, you know, the darkness gets the best of them. That's right. But if they allow that darkness to pass and the light comes, That's right. they become very beautiful human beings, That's right. right? That's right. And uh, you're about that, man. You are about that, especially man with the skateboard industry. Like Fuck it, man. Be outspoken. Talk about it. Talk about finance. Talk about money. There's a thing, especially in American culture, where it is not talked about. And that is why this gap is widening and widening and getting bigger and bigger. And if we start speaking about it more, especially to the younger generation, not even the skateboarders, man, just human beings. We need the change. Yeah, that's right.
0: Exactly. And you know what the coolest thing is? Uh, In April- we saw a massive uptick in people paying attention to us on the finance side. It was all of a sudden people like, wait, what? Oh, oh, COVID hit? So wait, wait, what's going on now? Wait, inflation? What's going on? Uh, Which is encouraging. Like, I I think we're in a moment uh, uh, where people are paying attention, which means there's opportunity to empower others. Uh, And dude, I have a lot of confidence in the Gen Z generation, more than our generation. Yes, like, yes. They, to me, are like, I want to know what's what, and I want to go do it. So it's like our generation is like the generation of feelings. They're the generation of action in my perspective. So uh, I I think there's a large opportunity to uh, help empower them to really make a massive change, right? It's almost like the Tupac saying, like, I don't need to make the change. I need to inspire somebody that's going to make the change, right? I I think the Gen Z generation's that.
1: Dude, I fucking love that because- a lot of people from our generation older just like look down at that generation. Right? And that's how it always happens. Come on, man. When we yeah. were younger, they looked down on us, right? Uh, millennials. Right. But the Gen Z generation, man, there's something very special and unique about that. And I look very, very forward. It's just that next phase of evolution. Evolution doesn't stop. Right. It, it just doesn't stop. It continues. And they are just that better version of, of us. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have you ever heard of the book F- The Fourth
0: Turning? No. Everybody should read it. You, you guys hold should up. read it.
1: The Fourth Turning? T-
0: oh, man. I don't remember the au- I think it's two authors. I read it. It's been a while. I need to reread it. I read it. The Fourth it, Turning, right here? The Fourth Turning, boom. American Prophecy. That's right. I read it
1: uh 2010,
0: about. Um,
1: here we go. I'll read. Uh, hold on one second.
0: Yeah, two, yeah, there it is. The Fourth William Turning. William Strauss and Neil Howe.
1: Yep, there we go. William Strauss and Neil Howe. Uh th- this book is incredible
0: what's fascinating about it. Huh. They uh they basically said like look if you're going to predict the future what most people do is they take the characteristics of the current generation and multiply it right? Yeah. But you can't do that because you know, if your parents believe one way, you're going to take some of that, but you're going to go against it as well. So that's going to create a new one and then a new one and then a new one, right? So they found that there's these cycles that happen throughout history and it keeps happening. And so we actually have the most in common with our great-grandparents as far as the outlook on life, the vibe, etc. And so they were able to find that in these basically cycles, and I, I would have to, it's been so long since I read it, but basically there's, four kind of like quadrants in these cycles, right? And when when I read it, I think the book was written when 98, 2000? 97. 97. 97. So the book was written in 97, they projected the next 20 years, right? Wow. And nailed it. They predicted the GFC, right? Really? Right, They predicted, and basically what they were saying and why I got spooked is they were like, look, there's going to be a a president of change. There's going to be a crash at every fourth turning, which is what we're in right now. There's a war, right? And whoever, basically from political side, the person who wins, the party who wins this moment becomes the political view for the next 20 years. There's a war. After the war, it ushers in the next... Cycle, which is like the rebirth or the revive, whatever, and then that creates the new cycle, right? And when I'm reading wow. this, I'm like, "Damn, this is like right when like you know Obama's in office. This is before like Trump thing. Yeah. I was like, okay, Obama's in office, that means a war's coming. Like that means there's a reset. What is happening, right? Uh, and so now we're in this moment. Yeah. And so uh it was fascinating. Why I said that was just because of the reference between us and our grandparents, or and then our great grandparents. Yeah. Uh, so Devin,
1: uh, uh, I'm sure they have an audiobook. I'm fucking on that. I, it's I, it's very, see, very fascinating. I'm listening, fascinating. To, I'm right listening to Oliver Stone's book right now, which is really fucking good actually, but, uh, I'm going to change lens lanes for a fucking it's, week. It's freaky, dude. They talk about, a a, a
0: bio, uh, a biochemical, biochemical warfare. And that could be the thing that ushered. It's freaky.
1: Yep. Boom.
0: There it is. What's just fascinating was like that they basically called it out. And what's funny is the book didn't start catching traction until 2010. Wow. Because that was but, after the GFC. And everyone's like, and, what and the everybody
1: just opens their
0: That's right. That's right. It's fascinating, right? Anyway, it's a oh really it's a really, really good Wow.
1: Read. Shout out to the fourth turning yeah. American prophecy written And it's a by- little freaky. William Strauss and Neil Howe 1997 and that is a great way. All right, my friend, my, my friend, my brother that dude. Was awesome. After 2 hours and 17 minutes, we did it. We fucking did it. We fucking did. It. No, I really appreciate ah, you from the bottom of my heart coming on, man. Mm, thank you guys. That's blessed. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Bring it. In. Hey, you leaving them hanging. You leaving oh, them oh, hanging, motherfucker. Like, like, all crazy. right. Bro! Wowzers, I want to thank Mikey Taylor for coming on the mother podcast. Uh, Man, that was so much fun. I want to give a big shout out to my big boy Johnny for coming on and spreading his goddamn producer love. Uh, That being said, if you guys enjoy this, do not forget to like, subscribe, share with a friend. Please, it definitely helps us grow in a huge way. If you're still listening to the podcast, after multiple hours, you're a fucking legend, and I appreciate you more than words can say. Uh, do not forget to head over to our YouTube channel. Like, subscribe, hit that bitch up. It's uh, youtube.com backslash back to your story. Remember, new stories premiere every single week. And um, Thank you. Thank you. Let's start 2021 off for a goddamn fucking new year and blow this bitch up and, and definitely understand. That this is the year this is the year you are going to be great this is the year we are going to be great and if all else fails tune in to back to your story have a good night